Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Welcome to the first ever shoot your one shot, a one shot game on Transplaner RPG. If you don't know what the heck this is, if you're like, what is this? Is this Transplaner's main campaign? Where am I? Who am I? Let me tell you what this is. Shoot your one shot is a series of one shot RPG games featuring folks who used Bimpok shoot your shot at us, Transplaner RPG. With that out of the way, I'll pass along introductions to Lyra. Hello everyone, my name's Lyra, I use they, she pronouns. I'm the Artistic Director of Shout, Minnesota's Trans and Gender Diverse Voices, uh, an all-trans me-led choir based in the Twin Cities. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Shout Minnesota. You can find me on Twitch, I stream at Rika Honda, that's R-I-K-A, and then Honda like the car company. And I'll pass introductions on to Dusty. Hi, uh, I'm Dusty. I use he, they pronouns. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Dusty Hill. You can also find me uh, producing well season stories at Season Stories, all Bimpok, incredibly queer podcast that usually focuses on non Eurocentric stories. You could also find me on uh, coming soon on Build Your Own Mech, a Lancer uh, actual play podcast where I play a smooth talking disaster of a queer person, as well as on Mamagiri, where I play a queer fashion disaster student that realizes that fashion degree is actually real and is just coming to terms with it. Let's pass it on to Aki. Hi, I'm Aki. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a TTRPG content creator. Uh, you can find me at Akinomi underscore, which I think is down there. You can also find me as an active player, co-producer, and artist on Goblets and Gaze, which is a Pathfinder 2E actual play podcast, and I play Estrella. You can also find me on Animamagiri. Oh, wow, right? Same as Dusty, where I play as Laurel, standard closeted Gaijin. And my new project, which is at Well Seasoned Stories. Whoa, Dusty. Basically, he's just going to steal what he said over there. It's a upcoming uh, all Bimpok and Incredibly Queer podcast network exploring stories from non-Eurocentric legends. And I think that's it. I think that's it for now. <laughs> so hello, Bukit Beku here on Twitch and on Twitter. I am a Filipino trans non-binary variety streamer on Twitch, and I yell a lot on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I play tabletop, solo tabletop role-playing games on my channel and video games. And uh, we also have a podcast called Senegang, uh, where a guest and I, uh, it's usually my partner, we watch a Filipino film together during a watch party and we talk about it on stream. Fantastic. Look at this amazing, talented roster of QTPOC that we've got up here. Let's talk about this session. Some content warnings for this particular episode, because this is a high seas adventure, include deep oceans, storms, leviathans slash eldritch beings, tentacles, snakes, fantasy violence, and cutting off limbs, as well as references to limbs having been cut off. And with that out of the way, let's begin. The year 
is 405 AT, 405 years after the great treaty that unified the eight nations and established that no war would be raged within their borders. 405 AT, two weeks before the ruffled turn is due to make an important delivery in Minagla, a port city south of Kinongbo, the capital city of the United Tribes of Jukai. Salt drenches the wintry ocean air. The deck rolls gently under your feet as the ruffled turn chugs north, her sails flung open to catch the breeze like a pair of birds' wings. The warm, heavy Hema ocean fills the horizon, her blue waves dappled with starlight. The constellation of Sen sprawls in the night sky above, this deity of nature and change, filling the darkness with glimmering points of light. Another glimmering point of light is, of course, the ruffled turn herself. Now that night has rolled in, the harsh duties of daytime give way to merrymaking and carousing under the stars. Torches lodged in sconces along the railings keep the cold at bay. And in the center of the deck, a ring of drummers slap their hands against the polished hides of ipus, a native Wuhanian instrument made from hollowed-out gourds. The drummers sing and chant, providing the rhythm and soul for other crew members to dance in the center of this ring. And in another corner of the ship, sailors play naga chess on overturned crates, a small, eager crowd gathered around them and placing bets on who the winner will be. And in yet another corner, sailors of the ruffled turn drink and laugh, banging bug mugs of beer together, reminiscing over all the tales of adventure they share and have fabricated for cool points. And now, upon this merry, merry upper deck of the ruffled turn, we sift through the drinking and the laughing and the dancing and the singing and the chanting to find one person in particular. Arslan. Tell us, what do you look like and where are you on the ruffled turn? Well, I stand quite tall with unrealistic high-heeled boots and a rather tasteful amount of, of cleavage is definitely being shown as I'm wearing an oversized cloak of some sort, of some sort of fabric, and uh, my hair is wild and tied back for my own good. And my eyes definitely look a little too bright for the stars as I look out dramatically over the ship's railing. Yeah, that's that's a part of a boat. Uh, amongst uh, the vast sea, like I'm thinking about something when in actuality, I'm just trying to figure out how to stand up straight. <laughs> Okay, uh, I love love this head empty, no thoughts. Arslan, <laughs> our himbo fighter, uh, you are a half-elf, correct? I am indeed a half-elf, but um, I will say my ears do be long and pointy and effervescent like the rest of me. Okay, wonderful. As you stand there limbed in starlight, right? Uh, the, the light shining on your tastefully revealed cleavage. Arslan, you hear a voice from behind you go, Oh, hey, hey, Arslan, right? You're a, you're a Sarnai princess and a, a Runar's kid, aren't you? 
We turn around, you see a sailor that you've known all too well, even though you've only been traveling with Ruffled Turn, I think, for probably just a couple of weeks. Babatunde, a very charismatic, very popular sailor on the Ruffled Turn, and he's got like a group of lackeys with him, but they're all looking at you with these wide eyes, and they all look really excited. They're crowding around you like, like, like drinking, like sipping at their beer and like, like nursing their coffees, right? Uh, and Babatunde strides up to you. He's a dark-skinned man, very handsome with this like really dope fade on the side. Uh, and he just goes, you tell us, what's it like being a kid of these two amazing adventurers? Yes, yes, I suppose I would meet fans of, of my parents. Uh, well, what do you want to know? Well, so many things. Is is it true that Sarnai Princess is close friends with Toktoa, the Kagon? You can't say she's the Kagon. It's not official. Well, it's all but official. Is it true? Is it true? Oh, I wouldn't just say close friends. Oh. For, see, she is more like, uh, like a grandmother to me. Personally, and I just pull out a glaive out of fucking nowhere. <gasps> and... <laughs> And I just go, and as you can see right here, this traditionally made and handcrafted just for me, given to me by grandmama. Uh, is this uh, ch- ch- the truth or are you lying out of your ass? I have no idea. It's probably a partial truth, a partial lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're, you're mixing your truths in with your lies here. You're like, yeah, whatever. Like, who cares? They're not going to fact check this. Uh, the, you know, Babatunde's lackeys crowd in around your glaive. One of them goes, wow, you're a magic user too? Amazing. Where'd you summon that out of? Like this, like, really, like, chicken-like Aarakocra person. Like, their feathers are ruffled. They're looking at you. Hmm. Well, as you can see, my mother was chosen by the sun and blessed by the stars. So obviously I pulled it out of the night sky. Wow, the night sky, that is quite impressive, Arslan. Hey, I have another question though. Move aside, move aside, step back, chick chick. Is it true that your other parent, Runar, could have won every single championship she's competed in, but she chose not to because he doesn't like the idea of ruling? Is that true? Or are they just saying it? Well, it's hard to tell with with that one. I've heard too many uh, tales of their brilliance. So, uh, I don't know. I think perhaps this year they were just simply holding back. Let some of the newcomers or youngins uh, have a taste of glory. Wow, amazing! Looks like you've got big claws, squawk, I mean shoes, to fill! What are you gonna do? Yeah, Arslan, what are you gonna do? I mean, there's no way you can beat being best friends with Toktoa Agon and, like, a championship legend, can you? Oh, surely there is much left in this world for me to do. Uh, what it is, uh, well... I'm not sure yet. I'm simply just passing by, you know, so many unworthy things of my time, you know. Uh-huh. And on this, like, crowd of onlookers, their faces all sort of drop as they look extremely unimpressed by what you just said. We're going to pan across the crowd of you, like, trying to keep your bluster up to Mezka. What do you look like and where are you on the ruffled turn? Uh, Mesca is 
they have a very darker blue skin and they are a water genasi with uh kind of like short wavy hair um it looks like it's always being ruffled by wind even when it's not as windy they're wearing um just like i would say the equivalent of like a tank top and not like short shorts but not like long shorts um enough where you could see that uh their right leg has been replaced with um a wooden um leg that has carved lightning and vines all over it and you can actually find them um probably like 10 to 15 feet uh up clutching like one of those like those giant net slash rope ladders on the sides of the ship they're just on there clinging on and just enjoying being able to look at the sea um in the night and enjoying the salt uh salt water in the air hitting them um reveling is something that they haven't been able to see in a long time i love that this feeling of freedom right like ruffling through mm. your hair like you just look out over this windswept ocean right with like the star dappled light like rippling along like the white tipped caps of the waves in the distance you hear like the rushing of water all around you you smell salt water in your nose and you just feel free in this moment Mezca. free of you know all the people on the deck who I think have been asking you incessant questions about like your backstory ever since you signed on to like work here for a little bit right um mm -hmm. but your freedom doesn't last for very long as you feel the shroud which is what the name of this big net thing is called I learned that from Lyra uh as you feel the shroud tightened right and it begins to like ripple a little bit as a figure starts like like climbing his way up it and before you even like look down his voice greets you and you know who this is hey 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 mezca hey psst, hey mezca mezca there you are hey mezca it's zupa a kobold sailor who ever since he started working on the ruffled turn as a deckhand has literally not left you alone like a barnacle <laughs> like he's like glommed onto your side and thinks you're so cool hey mezca psst, hey mezca hey zupa um i would say Good to see you again, but it's been like five minutes. Uh, five minutes is too long. I, what? Where are you up here? Is it, is it to get away from me? No, 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 not from you. Just, just um. You know, I feel that sometimes the ocean is a better friend than people are. Wow. And Super reaches into his breast pocket and like writes that down. <laughs> like he takes out a notebook and like writes that down, uh, and then he like stuffs it back into his breast pocket. The ocean is okay. I'm gonna hang on to that one. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Are you finally gonna tell me how you got that? And he gestures toward your wooden limb. Would you like to describe it for us? Yeah. Um. So, like I said, it's a it's a wooden leg. It's from about the knee down on the right leg. Um, and it's almost as if it's carved out of driftwood. It is um, dark and aged. There seems to be um, some kind of like like holes nicked out from age, not just carved. But uh, like I said, there is um, carvings on it of like looks like lightning all over. If you look at it from far away, it just looks to seem to be a mass of lines. But you could see that there's a jagged edges coming down and towards uh, around where the knee is. There's a um, a ring of like vines coming down and as uh zupa asks about it they um look around and just realize that they're not gonna be able to get away from it this time and just ah uh, well i'm sure you've heard of the championships in the ball no 
Oh my goodness, yes! My great-great-granddad competed in one of those. He never came back. Well, I almost didn't come back. Oh! Gasp! What an unexpected turn of events! You're from the championship? I went to the championship, the most recent one. I've lost track of time. I was lucky to get away with it. I... I went in as confident as I could be. In fact, I think I got close to the end of it. And then this person with a stern look and a heavy trident got me down. Wait, hold on. Stern look, heavy trident, person. Atalanta cut you down? Yeah. You know, they couldn't have one if they weren't meaning it. And they had me pinned, got my leg, and I Misty stepped away and I couldn't go back. Wow. I'm so sorry that happened to you, Mezca, but also I mean, maybe this is maybe this is just the night air talking, but was it kinda cool? I mean, like not I mean just like Atalanta I mean she's the champion now, right? I mean, to be beat by her, that's that's an honor, right? My my great-grandma always said, at least my great-grandpa went honorably. So, that's still true, right? Sure. Sure. Are you telling the truth? Or are no. you just telling... No. How do you really feel, Mezca? Um, They definitely... They, they say sure, but they definitely... They don't feel that it is quote-unquote cool or that it's an honor to be beaten like that. Yes, they are the champion now, but they weren't when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Wow. For glory and honor! Uh, Zupa, like, thrusts out, like, a little clawed fist. Uh, like, very, very excited that, like, their their hero of the hour, you, like, is validating what he's saying, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And as he throws out his fist, we, like, uh, the camera flings out from the fist on that, and we, like... Pfft! like dive back down, uh, down past like the, the knotted uh, tangled twine of the shrouds, down, down past the old uh, hardened wood of the mast and into the crowd and through the crowd of people laughing and dancing and uh, banging on gourds uh, and gambling, right, with na Naga chess, we zoom in on one more person, Rayleaf. What do you look like and where are you on the ruffled turn? So... Uh, Rayleaf is uh, deep, has a deep violet uh, color to them. Uh, they're a tiefling. Uh, they have a golden right eye and a white, kind of pale blue uh, left eye. They have like short jet black hair, faded, definitely not a self-insert. Uh, but they're, they're uh, on their fade, there's like um, vine-like uh, markings almost like scars but you're not entirely sure if it's vines or is it lightning even Rayleaf is not sure <laughs> yeah and they're wearing like a long white tunic and some form of black undershirt and I suppose one of if you really look hard enough you can see that they're wearing like a bracelet with something that looks like a pendant and on the pendant 
it's like uh, the constellation of Sen uh, engraved on it. Sorry, just to really quickly okay. inject, I think like the constellation of Sen is like sparkling under the night sky where we see the actual constellation like sprawled mm. like, from horizon to horizon, almost as if like they're like like glowing in like coordination with each other. Is it all right if Rayleaf is on the crow's nest? Yes, that's totally fine. Yeah. Maybe you are there with the uh, the barrelman of the night, yeah. which is the name of the person who yeah, like sure. looks out on the crow's nest. They actually thought that that's part of learning how to be the uh, the sailing master. They thought. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. I don't think it is, but I love that that's what you thought. Uh, so I think, Rayleaf, you're up there, right? You're even higher up on the ruffled turn than Mezca is, right? So maybe instead of panning down, like we pan up, we like pan up the mast to the crow's nest where we see this tiefling uh next to a kenku right like an old grizzled gray looking kenku right uh, who's got this like spyglass that they're like polishing up and it's a tiny little crow's nest right there's like a torch in a sconce nearby but like the wind is like buffeting it so hard that the torch is like gasping for life like it's almost like getting blown out every time like the ship charges forward and this old kenku right you know them as ike ulu everyone calls them old old bird ulu Right, uh, has like a has an eye patch on and like like a jagged scar that like they never talk about like over their beak, uh, and they're they're going over like uh, how to how to be the barrelman uh, as you're up there. You always gotta keep a lookout there, youngin. The spyglass has to be an extension of your body. See, and old Bird Ulu hands you the spyglass. Oh, uh, um, uh, thank you, um. Uh, quick question. Will this spyglass, like, learning how to use this, how does that actually help me map something? Because map I think something. I had a misunderstanding. I think I misunderstood something along when I asked to come up here. Yeah, you'll figure it out. I need a drink. And old bird Ulu slaps you on the back, maybe like with surprising strength and you go a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they go, I'm going to get myself some uh, fire breath beer. You want anything, kid? Um, if they have milk, that, that'd be nice. Oh, my God. Uh, and old bird Ulu just flutters, like fl flaps into the air, then flutters down, leaving you alone for now. In the crow's nest, as you hold the heavy weight of this brass spyglass looking down on it, Rayleaf, I think a memory swims up, right, in your mind's eye as you're up there alone, right? The the noise of the like the chanting and the dancing and the music and and the, the merrymaking, like just a, a distance, you know, so far beneath you. What is the name of your parent who has now become house head of household? Balatic. Blatic. Okay, pronounce? Yeah. Still they them. <laughs> they them? Okay, wonderful, thank you. Blatic, who, as I mentioned earlier, is now head of House Dasalan of the Aswang tribe, right? Jukai. Disapproved of your decision to leave on your, what they called, stupid, inconsequential quest. What, a vision? Dreams? This is nothing. This is nonsense. Uh, Blatik had sort of said, you flash back to your humble, right, like forest home, uh, where it, you live in this, like, essentially the equivalent of, like, a one bedroom, 
right? Just the three of you, but you're all like grown up now. It's you, it's you, Blatik, and your other parent, right? And Blatik is like pacing angrily in front of you. I mean, I think this is this is the night. I think this is the night you leave, right? And yes. on that night, you and Blatik argued fiercely, right? Before you just you decided to depart because you knew what your destiny was. What was the last thing Blatik said to you? I think the last thing my parents said to me before I leave. If you ever do come back, don't expect anyone to weep for you. And on that, you left. You left Jukai behind. You left your house behind, House Delasan. You left your tribe behind, Aswang tribe. Jukai is now but a memory. And now you're sailing back toward it, even though it's been many long months since you departed forever. Your other parent, what's their name? Inahan. Pronounce? She, her. Okay. Inahan was more supportive of you, though she never, I think, like openly went against Blatik to show a united front in their relationship, right? But what did Inahan secretly pack in your belongings that you now hold on to fondly? I think it's their, uh, you know that, I think they call it a binky in English. Is, is that it? Like a binky, like a small blanket that they use yeah. for babies? Yeah. Is it like your childhood binky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's hand-woven, so it's, um, it, its texture is not like cotton, but it's also not stiff. And it's multicolored, like shades of red purple blue yellow white it's multicolored and there's like uh something uh embroidered on the corner is the first three names relief went by before they left so the first three names that they went by is adlao which means day bagong which is new and panatag, which means assured. I love that. It's embroidered on the binky, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, like, and then poof, we, like, zoom back into reality, back into the present, where you're up there in the crow's nest. Is that what you're now holding in your hands? You have this moment of, like, aloneness, right? No one's bothering you. No one's there to make fun of you. No one's there to tell you what you have to do. Scrub the decks. Do this. Do that, right? But you're up there alone. How are you spending this alone time, thinking about these memories? I feel the urge to grab the binky and do the same thing over and over, sniff it as if Inahan's scent is still on it. And if someone sees the binky now, it is also now embroidered with the last two names or and the current including the current name that Relief goes by. But it's in a different uh, messy penmanship, if you will. Because Rayleaf did that on their own instead of Inahan. But instead of like um, grabbing onto it, they just uh, extend the spyglass and then look for the brightest star uh, on the constellation of Sen. Oh. And in a cliche way, they're like, Is my mother also seeing the same star as I am? Oh, I love that. And on you, like, using the spyglass to look up, right, at that, at that star. We now pull down onto the decks. 
for our fourth and final hero of the night. Manaya Wairua, what do you look like and where are you on the ruffled turn? Oh, we know her. We love her. A few inches under seven and a half feet tall, since it's been in, you know, it's a few years before the start of the actual campaign. Manaya is sitting on a large crate. Uh, she has a long, dark brown coat that reaches almost to the floor. Underneath, there's like a pale brown shirt um, with long sleeves. She has fingerless gloves, and her hair is t- is flying free, actually. Uh, she doesn't have it tied up right now, and it is long. It goes down to the middle of her back in these long, beautiful black braids uh, with uh, golden rings and trinkets all tied up inside of it. Her pants are tucked into her very long boots uh, in very relatively nice condition and she has both of them. Not one of them has sunk into the mud of the court on the front of her coat that is uh, tied together uh, probably. There are six golden shields embroidered with the signs of her family and the signs of Uhanahi. Okay, lovely. Uh, What are you doing? on the deck. Are you chilling by yourself? Are you watching Naga Chess? Are you in in the ring of drummers? Tell me. Um, Manaya is not in the ring of drummers, but she's sitting on a large crate nearby, perhaps in a small crowd. Um, she has a cup of her own, uh, which is really just water, and she's not singing, but she is laughing and sort of stomping along to the music. I love it. Uh, as you're laughing and singing along and stomping, right, uh, a familiar form pulls up next to you, uh, ha- hobbled under this big shell, as Captain Lahahana of the Ruffled Turn sidles up near you with a with a mug of fire breath beer. Uh, this old old turtle woman gives you gives you a hearty wink. Says, "Enjoying yourself, Manaya." Oh, Captain, oh, these are the best times on the waters, aren't they? The water's clear, calm, and we have time to celebrate, and this is why I'm on the waters, you know. (laughs) It's nights like these that remind me being a sailor isn't all bad, even though there's the storms and all the taxes and occasional embargoes. Life is good, isn't it? Well, if anything does happen, that's why you hired me, eh, Captain? That is true. That is true. Speaking of which, and she... Where's her axe? It's next to me. Okay. Like, leaning, maybe leaning against the crate on the other side mm-hmm. um, from Lahahana. Um, but it's not at the ready at all. Speaking of which, I saw you sharpening that fella the other day. Say, have you come up with a name for it yet? Your mother had a name for her axe. Not quite. I'm waiting for the right time. It'll come to you like it came to her. I remember Kahealani telling me, a dream, a vision, da-da-da. Well, her voice was a lot lower and a lot cooler. It was more like a dream, (laughs) a vision. It came to me. Uh, But I can't really do her voice that well. Well, if we ever stop by too long, I'll I'll be sure to keep track of my dreams. Oh, yes, yes. Though, I'm going to change the subject very suddenly now, but please lean in. (laughs) And Captain Lahahana leans in kind of conspiratorially. 
Oh. We've had a couple of new additions to our crew in past months, weeks, and days. And with each time frame, her eye like flickers up to the crow's nest, then the shroud, uh, and then uh, to the railing where an even larger crowd has gathered, I think, <laughs> around like um, Arslan the last time we left him. What do you think of these new uh, crewmates? You know, I value your opinion. What about that one? And she jerks her head up to the crow's nest. Uh, we can see like just tiniest, tiniest little bit of ray leaf's uh, horns. That one's tricky. They're talented for sure and willing to learn. But Alono doesn't work well on a crew. That is true. I have a feeling they're running from something, even though they keep talking about, well, the god spine. Uh, enough about the loner, though. What about that one? The popular one. Our, our traveling sellsword. And she gestures toward Arslan. Arslan, what, what are you doing while she, like, when she points at you? Like, what's, like, the, what's the thing you're doing when eyes fall on you? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but perhaps, unfortunately, the only thing I can think of doing is... <laughs> oh, no. It's property damage, probably. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Perhaps somebody asked, you know, oh, but what can you really do? Can you fight? Can you use magic? And Ar Arslan went, yes, and uh, proceeded to take their very ridiculously Final Fantasy long uh, glaive, stick uh, the, the blunted part uh, into, in, into the ground and hoist themselves up very much like a stripper pole now that I am thinking about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> And just showing off that they can do fucking anything in, in like, four-inch heels. <laughs> okay, uh, just make a quick performance check for me. Could it be acrobatics or athletics? <laughs> yeah, why don't you make a, uh, make a dexterity performance check? So use your base dex score and add your performance proficiency if you have it. Gods love me tonight. This is 18. <laughs> An 18! Okay, yeah. it is sexy. Right? Uh, as as Lahahana turns and gestures her mug at Arslan, and Babatunde go, like, is like wolf whistling. Ah, well, he's in good company. What do you think <clears throat> of that one? Show offs. Well, they learn their place rather quickly. Remember Babatunde when he first came on board? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Oh, he couldn't tell a left from a right shroud if it was tied at the gunwale. <laughs> oh, yes. Words I definitely know because I am a captain of this ship. <laughs> uh, she laughs and like takes a big like sip of her, of her out of her mug. She says, "And of course, there's that one, the Enigma. Very hard working, but I feel like they're hiding something." And uh, she looks up at the uh, at the shroud where Mezka is f uh, fending off Zupa's questions. <laughs> what do you think of the Ganassi? Strong connection to water, talented, gifted, you might say. With some time, I think they'd be a good addition to the crew. I agree. There's just something so sad about the way they look sometimes, I think, when they think no one's watching. But Captain Lahahana's always watching. Mm -hmm, yes, she is. And Captain Lahahana takes a sip of her beer. That's why I love you, Captain. We each have our secrets, and you might have figured out a few of them, but you never pry. Mezka. Mm -hmm. On the shroud as you are, Zupa turns to you, uh, looks up at you after like making like a like honor and, and duty. And then like Zupa looks back up at you and says, 
Hey, do you wanna come join the the fun? Um, you mean we already aren't? I I just mean with everyone. I think you're amazing, and so does everyone. And I think we should share you with the crew. I mean, what I mean by that came out weird. Uh, I just want you to be friends with all my friends. Um, you could definitely see Mesca is just like looking at Zupa, and then they just like take a long, hard stare into the ocean, just like trying to figure out what the hell they should do. And just like, as much as Zupa has been a barnacle, they've been the nicest person to them on the ship. They're just like, sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, let's go join the fun. Three copper, if you can beat me to the bottom. And Zupa starts like crawling down the shroud really quickly. Are you gonna oh. take him up on his challenge? 100%, but Mesca's just gonna jump off the shroud. <laughs> Okay, uh, make an acrobatics dexterity check to see how, how well you, you, you soften that landing. Mm -hmm. I, I do also have, because, um, fun fact, Mesca is a storm sorcerer. They have uh, contentious magic as a bonus action. You cause gust of air to surround you before or after you cast a spell a first level or higher that allows you to fly up to 10 feet without provoking opportunity attacks. Allow it, uh, just for like flavor, right? Uh, so, mm -hmm. what does it what does it look like as like pff, wind begins to gust out of you? I think it's very much like they uh, maybe they don't as much as jump off the shroud. They kind of just like unhook their foot and just like see Zupa go down and just let go. And as they are falling, they uh, um, like a gust of wind like comes from the ocean, just kind of like ruffles up their hair and surrounds them as they attempt to land on their feet. Okay, I'm going to ask you for an arcana check to control this magic billowing out of you. Ooh, let's go. I have proficiency, but with my negative one, I have a plus one. Okay. What'd you get? <laughs> What's that look, Mesca? With that plus one, I got a three. Okay. <laughs> I think this is what happens. You land on your feet before Zupa does. Zupa's still like halfway down the shroud. He goes, whoa. But the gust of wind that billows out poof, blows out several of the torches nearby, right? Poof, poof, mm -hmm. poof, plunging this like circle into darkness around you, right? And I think it's near where Arslan is, right? So this crowd of adoring like admirers and like, you know, rubberneckers around Arslan is, goes, ah! as they're buffeted, you know, like, uh, Chick Chick, mm -hmm. like, falls to, falls to her feet. Baba Tunde is like, oh, like, his hair gets ruffled, and he, like, ah, oh, sticks a few steps backward. And Arslan, I think you're knocked against the railing. I just need you to make a strength save. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, yeah, like, 22. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tell me how your, your rock-hard abs, or whatever it is, uh, brace brace against this massive gust of wind that's trying to push you over the railing. I don't know, I was hinting at it this whole time, but I'm kind of like a showman. So uh, if anything, uh, when I get pushed, I simply spin gloriously, get my hair all up in there, you know, like as if this was nothing. A true, a true <laughs> anime feat I am doing, yes. And um, I, if, if I may, I would like to pick up the one who has fallen uh, to their feet and just be like, are you all right? Oh my God. It's Chick Chick, uh, the chicken-like Arakokura who'd fallen. She like looks up at you and you see like literal hearts in her eyes. She goes, I love you. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> Will you marry well, me? Well, I'm glad. <laughs> Maybe. And I'll just... <laughs> 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 
to her feet and look oh. look at where the gust of wind came from and totally not let it flow with my hair. <laughs> Just like, and I look dramatically in that direction. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, what the fresh fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Arsalan, you lock eyes with Mezca. Right. Uh, and now, like, a couple of sailors around Mesco are, like, rousing, and they're, like, relighting the torches, and they're sort of going, like, hey, watch re- how you do magic around here, okay? Sure, freaking spellcasters. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, Just, you know, uh, and they're just going to send this trail. <laughs> totally. Zupa hops down next to you, uh, and, like, scampers between you and Arslan, like, looking between the two of you, and Zupa's going, oh! Oh dear, oh my, uh, Arslan, right? Uh, please, please, please don't blame Mezka. They're amazing. They, they didn't mean to do that. Are you okay? Why would I blame them? Oh, because it's of- simply magic. Magic is fickle. Oh. Well, I suppose you're right. Uh, Mezka, Mezka! And Zupa scrambles mm-hmm. up to you where you, I think you've mm-hmm. like gathered mm-hmm. yourself now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay, right? You're not hurt? Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. That's um, uh, that that's nothing, you know. Back, uh, I I didn't tell you this. I I am re- uh, an unretired thrill seeker, so this ain't that much. Uh, sorry about the whole. Um, don't worry about it. They're torches. Torches go out at night. Usually, just relight them. It's just fire. And Back to whatever the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and Mesca's just like, all right. Um, <laughs> look at Zappa. So, you, so fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Wait, can he do it again? But like make it so that I like fly into the air and then like drop back down and then fly into the air again? Can you do that? Maybe later. No, no, Zupa. You do know that the last time we tried to play Zupa Cannonball, it didn't end so well. Yeah, but that was with you. I'm talking about with Mezca here. Oh, yeah? Well, I bet Arslan here could kick Mezca's butt when it comes to Zupa Cannonball. Well, I don't think so, and I'm the cannonball, so I think my opinion matters more. <laughs> settle down now, sailor. Settle down. We're just here to have a good time. Isn't that right, Manaya? Manaya, at the wind billowing, a flash of, like, I don't know, a flash of a strange emotion flicks across her face, and she shakes herself out of it, and she goes, Right, right, we're here to be a crew, and to have fun today. And on that, I think on, like, everyone, like, laughing, and, like, you know, putting up airs and stuff, we leave all the merriment, and the laughter, and the dancing, and the music behind, as yet again we travel up the central mast, to this lonely crow's nest at the very top, to Rayleaf. Rayleaf. You sort of blink down at your binky, this colorful patchwork. Your, I think maybe your thumb is grazing over like the rough embroidery of your of your current name, Rayleaf, on it, right? When like mm-hmm. there's been wind like buffeting at your ears this entire time, but I need you to make make a perception check. Yes, I'm really good with that. Oh, 19. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> the wind's just sort of like whistling past your ears, but then like. Uh, one of the breezes that like that whistles past past your cheek, you swear to Sen, sounds something like, "Look, look out over the horizon." I immediately like try to like extend the spyglass again and then look through. 
as you do, you scan like this glittering horizon, right? Like through the um through the glass of the spyglass. Uh, and here in Andake, uh, even in nighttime, it's very bright because there's so many stars in the night sky that you're able to see stuff, uh, even even like literally in the middle of the night on the ocean. And you see something. Uh, maybe just a couple clicks north of you, uh, you're probably gonna hit it like head on uh, if you continue this trajectory uh, in just like 10 minutes tops. What appears to be debris right? Almost like salvage. Just floating in the ocean. Like planks of wood. You see what appears to be a mast? And like something in your heart just stills when you realize you're looking at the wreckage of a ship. And it looks fresh. What do you do? Rayleaf um, sees that and scrambles to uh, to find the appropriate terms when seeing a wreckage <laughs> and all they can remember is there's a wreck there's a wreck <laughs> oh my god okay uh, rayleaf you shout you shout that out right um just make a just make a charisma check for me to see how well your voice carries over the winds 13 okay i think what that means is the three of you hear it but no one else Right, just like over like the noise of the drumming, like over like the, the flames crackling, over like the dancing and the shout, you know, and the music. The three of you hear just a tiny bit of Rayleaf saying, and Rayleaf gives give us a taste. Wreck! There wreck! There's a wreck! Ahoy! Land ho! Wreck! <laughs> Manaya, Mezka, and Arslan. What do the three of you do? I didn't wreck anything. What? I'm not that much what? of a wreck. <laughs> I think I look I look up, but I, I forget that there's a crow's nest and I look at God and I go, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and God says, make a perception check. Oh my God. <laughs> um, That's a solid 18. Uh, your eyes gravitate toward the crow's nest where I think you see like Rayleaf is sort of like, uh, are you like waving your, like give us like a, a taste of like what you look like physically as you're shouting. Rayleaf's like doing all this. Wreck! 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 Ahoy! Arslan's just gonna really just go. Oh! Oh, there's a wreck. Apparently. I think that's just like, hey, Captain, um, apparently. And they're just gonna like point at Arslan, who is pointing at Rayleaf. <laughs> yeah, at this point, Manaya's face just like hardens. She turns to the captain and goes, Captain? Yes, 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 Manaya. Uh, <clears throat> everyone! Stations! We have a wreck ahead. We must, as is our duty, as per the peace treaty, assist in any survivors and tally the casualties. Now let's go! You heard the captain? Mm -hmm. uh, Manaya, your booming voice carries over the deck as just like that, it's like a switch is flipped. Like the merrymaking, you know, the dancing, all of that just stops, right? Uh, as, you know, uh, gourds are put away, like chess is packed up, you know, the sailors move like a well-oiled machine. They're like like basically striking the deck of like um, 
of their merrymaking and, and their drinking and they're they're jolly and they're having fun and now they're like getting into action right you see folks like like moving up the shroud you know you see like um the, the lead navigator that Rayleaf is actually training under this dragonborn woman like get up onto like the um the helm and start navigating uh like a couple of sailors even like go into like the um the below deck to start like getting oars out to get to the wreck faster uh, and with that, I think we pull out uh, onto the ruffled turn, sails like flung out, like oars coming out, whoosh, 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 like uh, charging through the surf toward this wreck uh, that's just uh, 10 minutes north of them. So while all this like hustling and bustling and this attitude and mood change is happening, Arslan, Mezka, Manaya, and Rayleaf, what do the four of you do? I think Mezka's first reaction would be definitely go to the oars to help them get there faster. So they would go there and just start rowing, trying to get uh, to the record as fast as they can. So if there is anyone there, they could help them as soon as possible. I love that. Amezka, you fight your way down to like the salty barge uh, of the ruffled mm -hmm. turn where you take a seat uh, next to like someone else, right? And you grab onto the cracked wood of the oar and you start, uh, you start rowing in unison with them, right? Uh, I think you're mm -hmm. actually next to Babatunde, who also like has made his way down there. And uh, there's like no, not a lot of talking. Um, the first mate, a woman, a human woman named Kanoa Ayosua, she's sort of down there like, like one, two, one, two, like leading, like, counting the rhythm for for the rowing and i think like sweat begins to beat on your brow just make an athletics check for me sure i need a dice jail <laughs> so that's another two on the dice so i rolled a five total okay okay that's that's fine uh, the DC was pretty low because there's a bunch of people, but I think what this means is you run out of breath pretty fast. Like the lactic acid is building up, like sweat is like mm -hmm. trailing down your brow. Maybe like after after a while, you have to tap out for like for like a moment, and, like swap in as you like take take a breather. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? Let's go to Arslan. Okay, so here is where you realize that Arslan was not built for a boat. Probably the the, the best uh, thing that uh, that they can do is uh lift things carry things uh row row a couple oars if needed arslan got muscles for a reason um but uh if if you tell if you tell him to like hoist a main sail he's gonna look at you and then look at the water and then look back at you and just go this is my first time being on a boat <laughs> Yeah, I think as like the hustle and bustle is moving past you, you're a traveling mercenary, right? You probably paid the ruffled turn to like help get you from point A to point B. So you're not really yeah. expected to pitch in in situations like this. Um, so with that knowledge in mind, are you trying to still make yourself useful? Maybe like down where Mesca is or are you just sort of getting out of people's way? Get out of people's way for sure. But if it looks like, like, like if they go, big guy, we need you to lift this. I'm definitely doing that. If not, I'm making myself small, even though I made myself gigantic like five minutes ago. I'll make myself very small and out of the way. Okay, I think we're gonna freeze frame on where you are, Arslan, and quickly like go back down to Mezca. As the lactic acid starts building up in your muscles, tell me, do you wanna try to push through this despite your low roll, or are you gonna like take a breather, even though other people are gonna like look at you as more of like a, you know, more of a wimp? Uh, Mezca's definitely gonna try to push through it as much as I can. Okay. Honestly. Okay. So I'm. What that means is you're gonna have to take a, a level of exhaustion until you get the chance to rest your muscles if you push through. 
Okay. I'll okay. So take that level of exhaustion. That means disadvantage on all ability checks until you take a proper break, which I'm gonna. I'm not gonna rule as like a short rest because that's like a whole hour. Uh, but like we'll 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 cross that bridge when it gets there. So like you <laughs> can feel like your 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 muscles starting to reach muscular failure, but you're pushing through it, right? So I think we cut back to the freeze frame on Arslan, right? Um, and people just sort of let you be. No one calls for your help. Like sailors know what they're doing. They're just rushing around you. Like one of them, like a big, like burly minotaur, like woman, even says like, hey, get out of the way. You know, as she's like barreling through with like a crate in her hands. Uh, and now let's go to Rayleaf. Rayleaf, what do you do as the ship gets closer and closer to the debris you spotted? By this time, Mesca's already gone to the to the barge, right? Like to the oars and so I don't really probably doesn't think that they could join to help. <laughs> so um, they go down the crow's nest and then um, they look for the captain and uh, ask, uh, what can I do? Uh, is there anything I can help with? Captain Lahahana is like up to her fins, right? And just like barking orders, like doing things. I think she's in the middle of like tying like like some rope and like securing it and like also talking out the side of her mouth to like two other sailors giving them orders when you come up to her, right? She goes, well, uh, one second, uh, yes, what is it, darling, yes? Um, is there anything I can do to help? Uh, I think the others have already gone forward, so is there anything I can do to help here? Uh, honey, and I mean this in the kindest terms possible, just make yourself useful somehow, okay? Figure it out. All right, Babatunde, no, uh, come back over here. I need you. I need you on the torches. Uh, she like starts to like hobble off um, with surprising dexterity for a turtle of her advanced age, you know. Uh, but when when shit hits the fan, she is in charge and she like is has like alacrity, mm -hmm. right? And she leaves you in the wake, I think, as like all this, all these people are just bustling around you. And I think there's a moment of where you're like a little lost. Um, Manaya, mm -hmm. what are you doing when you see Rayleaf with this look of like? confusion before this is all going on manaya is everywhere at once on the ship uh she's got her axe ready and she's using it to the fullest extent that it was made for navigating the ship barking orders clapping directing people right beat to quarters beat to quarters here we go and i think at the same time that rayleaf is coming down the mast manaya is going up probably a lot faster as she reaches her axe up pulls herself up, anchors herself there to get a good uh, view of the wreckage and how far away we are from it, um, and shouting down coordinates and distances and times to the captain uh, as she unlatches herself and bam, lands on the deck, uh, looking around for the next thing. And she sees Rayleaf. And I think she walks up to you and, and says, looking for something to do? Yes, please. Give me your hand. Rayleaf offers their hand. Uh, Manaya puts her hand on top of Rayleaf's like this, mm -hmm. uh, just to do a quick measurement, and says, Right, halfway up the mast, see 12 rings of the rope up? I notice you on the crow's nest. Make your way up there and put out your hand like this with your thumb out. Put your thumb at where the front of the ship is. And every time we get to another uh, section of your finger, Yell down to the captain that we have another minute left until we get there. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Rayleaf does their best to, like, stare at Manaya in the eye. And it's not like they're they're trying to, like, be weird about it. They're more like, 
I am listening and I am I am putting this in my mind. I promise I won't forget the moment I get to the crow's nest. No, not the crow's nest. Halfway up, 12 ring, 12 rungs. Gotcha! <laughs> <laughs> and Rayleaf, you start to climb right back up that mast, right? Counting like one, two, three, four, like counting the rungs as you go up. Manaya, I'm sure you're like busy. You're, you're also like up to your elbows and you just go and you help the ship. So on that, Rayleaf, you're the one watching out at the wreckage yet again. You put your hand forward in like that L formation that Manaya taught you, right? And whenever like the wreckage gets one knuckle closer, you shout down like one more minute, you know, you know, three more minutes, etc., to just down to the crew in general. And the crew shout back like, um, thank you one, or like, thank you five, etc., to just acknowledge that they've heard it. Rayleaf, when you're about a minute out from the wreckage, right? You see movement in the water. But it's a little it's still at a minute out. It's still nighttime, even though it is bright. It's hard to tell what's creating the movement, but you see like the way waves rippling. It's not just debris floating, right? What do you do? Rayleaf grips the the rope uh, where they are in the twelfth twelfth ring rung. They look down and they kind of squint a little and Memories of wild tales of the sea flash into their head. And they're just like, oh, bananas. And then they're just like, Captain, uh, uh, Manaya, there's something in the water. I'm not sure what it is. Manaya, you hear this while you're in the middle of, let's say, like tightening up a rope. Zupa, would you handle this? Uh, yes, ma'am. And Zupa runs to the to the prow, right? And we follow Zupa, like his little like cobalt feet, like skittering against, you know, ducking and weaving with dexterous dexterousness. And he hops onto the prow, like runs up to like, you know, it's like the end of like ships have like the, the pointy thing. He runs up to the end of the pointy thing and he stops there and he like preens, like like arch forward, like an Olympian diver, like his eyes, his big bright eyes staring. And we see no, through- no, Zupa, the rope, I need to- What? Oh, oh, you wanted to do this. Oh, sorry. I I took your moment from you. Uh, Coming back. And Zupa turns and like skitters back down the prow and toward you and takes Um, the rope. Yeah. And as as soon as the ropes are out of her hands, uh, she's up the mast, axe flying through the air. And I think uh, she's on the same side of the mast that Rayleaf is uh, and maybe is just just a little bit uncomfortably close, like right behind you, hanging (laughs) off, doing the same measurement uh, just to double check. And she goes, right, what do you see? Something in the water. Uh, there's something. I I I swear I saw something ripple. It's not. It's not wreckage or anything. And then uh, Rayleigh tries to point at uh, at an approximate direction. Mm-hmm. And as the ship continues to ford onward, Arslan, from where you are on the main deck, you can see bits of the wreckage now floating past you. You see like broken. What looks to be like like. It looks like driftwood, but it's like broken hunks of hull, right? And like even like a mast, you know, and like tattered, like soggy wet sails and like ropes or just like shattered crates and glass, you know, just remnants of a ship. Uh, And as the ruffled turn cuts through this um, desiccated corpse of what used to be another ship, you all see it now, the movement, what it is. A lone survivor is hanging on to like a drifting plank, you know, like drifting in and out of consciousness, right? Uh, A tiefling person with this like thick, 
mop of like dark brown hair around their eyes. They're completely drenched. They look exhausted. They're barely hanging on to consciousness. And the movement was them trying to wave at the ruffled turn to like flag it down. Um, and they're just they're just in the middle of the ocean floating there. Ugh. Here. Ugh. And they look like they're about to pass out at any moment. Manaya, Arslan. Arslan, you're technically the closest. Uh, and Rayleaf, mm-hmm. what do the three of you do? Um, okay. Do we have, uh, like a, like a life preserver? You know, those little rings? Yeah, I think, I think there are. I think there's just, they line the inside of the railing. Maybe there's one right next to where you are. Yeah, I think I'll I'll grab that, definitely throw it out there. So that way I can hopefully just ring toss it (laughs) onto the survivor and I'll just pull him back up. It, it totally... I'm so glad there's that because I really didn't want to harpoon the guy. So you might literally kill them if you do that. Uh, what exactly? Is- yeah. So it's so, so semi-soft is good. Uh, make toss it a- is good. Make an athletics check to toss the ring to your desired destination. Seventeen. Seventeen. That is more than sufficient. Uh, so you can either land the ring like around their body, which might like trap their arms by their side, or you can like toss it near them and hope they have enough strength to hold on as you pull them in. On a scale of one to ten, how like I'm gonna pass out now? Do they look like a ten? Like a ten? Oh right, no, they don't need hands around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, life preserver goes like sails through the air, right? Like the the rope, like whittling like a snake, like through through the atmosphere, and then it lands perfectly around them. They go Ugh! as I get the ring, the hard ring clatters around their body and their their arms are sort of like brought underneath it. Um, but now you're able to like start reeling them in, right? Yeah, so Arslan, yeah, as I'm you start reeling, that. yep, other sailors come up next to you and they like help you like make the process like a lot faster, right? Um, but by the time the life preserver and the survivor gets to the base of the ruffled turn, they are like passed out, right? And just by the, the angle of their body slumped against the life preserver, that's how they're still like hanging on. But someone's gonna have to like get down, like, you can't pull them up because they might fall and then like start like falling into the water and drowning. So someone's going to have to get down there and like grab them somehow. And I think at this point, news of what has happened has traveled down to those who are rowing. And the oars have been like pulled back in, you know, and all the rowers are starting to like, like go back up above deck. So Mezca, you come out along with everyone else on the upper deck to news of, of this survivor sort of trapped at the, at, the, at the bottom of the base of the hull of the ruffled turn. Well, if I'm still the closest, I'll just be like, I got it, I got it, and, and I, will, I will descend down. How do I descend down? Property damage! I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> with with um, not my glaive this time, I will just poof out once again in thin air. You tried it. Because I thought this... I thought, you know, I have to have something water-related. Why not a fork? So, um, and I'll just start kind of, you know... Laura Crofting my way down there, get the guy, make sure he's on, and just be like, okay, you guys help pull. I will sort of just stay here and help. They won't fall like a noodle. Okay, uh, as you're Laura Crofting your way down there with your trident, uh, Babatunde and several of the other sailors gather nearby. You know, he goes, oh, yes, Arslan, yes. This child of these amazing legendary adventurers saving the day you know and the other sailors are go are like are like clapping and cheering for you as you like take control of the action right so i need you under under the pressure of everyone watching and chanting for you to save the day so just make an athletics check another one to get down there and do all the things you wanted to do 
I'm glad these are all athletic checks, by the way. So 19. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you are you are successful in what you're trying to do. Uh, and you're you're like helping. You're hanging on with like the trident, right? Just off the edge of the ruffled turn off the hull. Mm -hmm. And you're like pushing mm -hmm. this like unconscious tiefling up. Right. And like help to make sure they don't like fall as like the other sailors rein them in. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this tiefling is hauled over the edge of the railing and they land in a, in a soggy, wet thump, right? Just like on the deck. Uh, and they don't seem, they don't seem to be like breathing. It appears that some water has like gotten in them and they're unconscious. Uh, so Mezka, Manaya, and Rayleaf. I think Manaya and Rayleaf, I'm assuming the two of you are getting down from the mast to like come over here and see what the hubbub's about. What do the three of you do as Zupa crouches nearby and says, oh, they're not breathing. What do we do? Uh, Captain Lahado, what do we do? Mesco is trying to go over and uh, do CPR. Question. Yes. So I could assume that maybe they have like water in their lungs or something. Mm -hmm. Could I use cantrip shaped water to get the water out? That is really smart. And I think you can. So what yeah, does that look I, like? I think Mesco would like go down, see that they're like not breathing the stare. Um, and they would kneel down and they would put their hand over their chest. And you can see that when uh, they're moving it over that you could see like lights, uh, light, not, not like lights, but maybe like lightning shooting through their arm as they concentrate and slowly they breach it over to the neck and to the mouth. And there's just like this globule of water that uh, as soon as it's out, they toss it back into the ocean. I really like that. Just to make sure you don't cause any unnecessary unintended collateral damage while you do that i need you to mm -hmm. make a an arcana check i guess to like control your magic probably i'll probably say arcana yeah yeah um is this 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 for the exhaustion or is this something different exhaust exhaustion yeah. would apply here yes okay so with well, disadvantage okay let's i'm gonna choose the not jail dice well even with disadvantage that is a 13. Okay, that is, I'm going to call that a mixed success. Uh, so you're able to pull the water out, right? But as you do, this mm -hmm. person, <gasps> and they just start coughing and gasping really, really hard. Uh, and like Captain Lahahana comes forward and like holds them and is like, it's okay, it's okay, just cough it out. Cough it out, get all the water out. Uh, Mesca, as you dump the water like over the side. Mm -hmm. uh, Manaya and Rayleaf, what are the two of you doing as the survivor is gasping back to life? Rayleaf at the moment they saw this uh, this tiefling, they become super suspicious and cautious. Can I ask, uh, mm -hmm. in in a meta sense, mm -hmm. do you think Rayleaf would know about wreckage and stuff like that? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Yes. Yes. You've heard of. You've heard of ships and everyone's heard of the old wives' tales of sirens and whatnot. Yes. You have access to a body okay. of knowledge that most people would. They mutter to themselves, but I think it's loud enough that Manaya can hear. I don't I don't trust that. No. And then you can see like Rayleaf tensing up and just sort of surreptitiously like assuming a stance that as if they're about to fight something. And they just keep muttering, no, no. Okay, uh, Manaya, how are you reacting to Rayleaf's sudden, like, paranoia? 
at the crowd forming, I think Manaya is more focused on getting people away, giving this tiefling some air. Um, not trying to crowd around them, but at Rayleaf muttering, she's going to turn to them and say, Hey, yes, hey, I know we shouldn't trust them and we'll take every precaution we can. But we assume the best in people, right? Yeah, Rayleaf doesn't answer. They don't even nod. They just squint really hard. Uh, as this person starts to come into more consciousness, right? And I think the four of you are still, like, around, like, looking. Because, you know, Arsalan, you can pull yourself over the railing if you want at this point. And, like, Mezcla, you've probably pushed yourself to the front of the crowd if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, this tiefling is just going, Ugh, where am I? What is this? What? What's going on? What, what, where is this? Uh, how do the four of you respond to this, to this tiefling? Uh, Mezcla's just gonna, like, kind of get close. It's like, you, uh... You probably have seen better days, I could assume. At least I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have. Um, Where is this? The, is this the Sigirni? Is this still the Sigirni? And as they speak, you realize that their common uh, is lightly accented in a Morosan fashion. Like, so from the north, the commune of Morose. And the Sigirni Sea is the northern sea. And y'all... I mean, last you checked, you were in the Hema, but you were about to enter the nebulous space where oceans meet, right? Where the Hema and the Sigirni meet. Um, no, no, you're um, just a bit away from there. Um, we're we're on the sisters' meet. This is the sisters' meet. No, no, no! You must turn back now, <coughs> now before it's too late. Now. Why? What's going on? I. Oh, this isn't good. Who's the captain? You have to turn this ship around. I'm the captain. What do you mean, turn this ship around? We're due for a shipment in two weeks. We can't turn around. What happened to your ship? A storm out of nowhere. A massive... It wasn't like any storm I'd ever seen before in my life. There was something about this that was... magical. And then... Uh, I don't really remember, but then... There was an attack. No one survived, but me. I just held on to a piece of the wreckage. My name is Ditsa. Ditsa Jvat. I'm the quartermaster of the alarm. Oh, we were on our way to Uhanahi from Morose, and we should have never done it. So many tale, tales of the sisters' meat being dangerous, where waters change without, without any warning at all. But please, we have to turn around. It's too dangerous to pass the meat. At, at the mention of like almost like a magical storm, uh, Mesca looks at the ocean with unwarranted excitement. <laughs> Mesca, as you look out over the ocean, um, I think right now the ruffle turn is like mostly like bobbing in place. I think mm-hmm. Kaifala Hana gave the order to like bring the sails in uh, to like check for more survivors, you know, like in, in the middle of the debris. And looking around, Mezca, the ocean is quiet. Almost too quiet. Uh, they would 100% realize that that's incredibly strange. And just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know you said like magical storm, but the, the, the waters are, they're very still right now, which, you know, for a place that has a, sh- a wrecked ship, um, doesn't bode well, I think. Well, if it's a storm, shouldn't it pass? I'm saying this. 
dripping wet. <laughs> and <laughs> moving my hair up a little bit. And and uh, I left my trident stuck in the ship. Oh <laughs> and so I will definitely summon it back like a squirrel of of shooting stars back into my hand and just bring it down like I'm fucking Aquaman and uh, and and just just stand there and be hot for a second. Okay, this half-drowned tiefling whose entire crew was killed in this presumable wreckage looks up at you with hollow eyes as you're shining there, you know, like your abs and your like beautiful like cleavage glistening with like sweat and water. They like immediately ignore you and they turn back to like Mesco. <laughs> Good. They go, no, no, it was just like this when the alarm was destroyed. Our captain even commented about how favorable the weather was and then everything turned. Please, you have to turn this ship around. Uh, Ditsa, was it? Yes, Ditsa. With all due respect, the ruffled turn has seen some of the worst storms Andake's seas could have ever thrown at, at her, and we've weathered every one. This is an Han ship. It's, it's built for the ocean. We'll make so, it through. So are Morosan ships. Uh, maybe on that Rayleaf, are you going to say anything, or are you still just looking at this person with a guarded expression? The moment they said something about a storm and the waters being too calm, Rayleaf kind of div uh, diverges from the pe people like surrounding and they kind of like look towards the sky looking for any clouds any sign of a storm mm -hmm. if do uh two questions do they see any clouds or something uh as you look around i won't even ask for a perception check the skies are completely clear it's odd okay. how clear they are at least there's like usually like at least a stray cloud or two in the sky but there's mm -hmm. nothing you can see like the entire horizon of just stars right and, like not like a single errant breeze there's like the air here is almost dead right so the sails would have a hard time catching catching wind if they were to be unfurled again is it possible that relief kind of is there a time for a relief to like meditate for a minute try to remember some form of like the feeling of having a connection with the with something that keeps visiting them with their dreams and with with visions and that's the reason why they left in the first place yeah totally do you maybe just want to take a moment there to center yourself and maybe make a roll with your spellcasting modifier 11. you can ask one question of the weave and the weave will answer how long do we have before the storm comes? And you feel just sort of like in your body, the answer surging, like a, a danger sense tingling, right? A stray breeze that you have a feeling doesn't come from the ocean, but comes from elsewhere, like tickles past your ear and you hear the same voice that you did in the crow's nest. You only have moments now. You must warn them now. And poof, the voice leaves you. Relief knows they're gonna sound like... They're being ridiculous, and that newbie who doesn't know what they're talking about, but they're gonna risk it anyway. They like grab people's shoulders, saying sorry at the same time because like they haven't asked for consent and touching their shoulders. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but also it's coming. They're right, they're right. 
There's a storm coming! Everyone, please, please prepare! Arsalan, Mezka, Manaya, how are you responding? I am confused, and I will look to the others and see who does something first. Mezka is gonna get, again, like the Simic Summon and look at the ocean, they're gonna be just as excited and just like, um, well, we better get ready then, right? What about you, Manaya? Sounds so happy! Uh, Manaya looks to the captain for her approval of whether or not they should actually start getting ready for a storm. Mm-hmm. As you look at the captain, Captain Lahahana just says, someone get this survivor to safety. And she sort of like gets up as like, you know, Babatunde and like someone else steps forward to like lift up this tiefling who's going, no, you have to turn around, please turn around. You know, but they're being like bored off like to like a, a medical ward, presumably. And you see mm-hmm. Captain Lahahana's gaze turn to the barometer, which is the pressure sensor, right? And before a storm comes, the pressure drops, right? So she looks at it and all of you see like in unison as that needle just, it was like up here, it was pretty, it was good. The readings were good. And then just out of nowhere, pew, the needle just like drops like faster and farther, you know, than any of you have witnessed before. This is some hell of a squall. And on that, and on Rayleaf shouting, Captain Lahana just says, Storm! Uh, and the entire, like, I think the entire deck, just like when he spotted the wreckage, begins to, like, bur- burst into action again uh, as sailors get ready for a storm. So what that means is they have to uh, furl in the rest of the sails that are out, because if the sails are out, the storm will destroy the ship. It will just, like, whip the sh- ship everywhere. Um, and also um, maybe pull the oars in if there are any left out, and just, like, brace brace for a storm, basically, and hope for the best here uh, in a situation like this. Or maybe, like, if you have time before the storm pulls in, like, row your way out of there. Like, get the hell out before the storm, before the storm rolls in. Uh, so as sailors begin to bustle around, you know, and, like, prepare for this storm, the four of you feel, almost, like, on the heels of Ahahana shouting, storm, wind begins to whip up. There was no wind just a, like literally a second ago and now just howling, just screeching like past the deck, like your hair begins to get like buffeted, right? And like the smell of the sea starts like whipping up into your nose, right? And like your clothes start going haywire, right? As like a breeze picks up um, and darkness begins to descend as these gigantic storm clouds begin to form out of nowhere in the sky as it gets darker and stormier and the first beads of rain begin to fall. What do the four of you do? Right, you heard the captain. Beat to quarters. You three, you're new here. Make your way below quarters. Keep your legs bent. Keep your center of mass low. Just stay below decks. There should be buckets down there. If the water starts piling in, start bucketing water out. We cannot sink, but we cannot be above deck. Well, you can't be above deck. Uh, Relief starts to uh, protest, but Manaya, this... Are, are you sure? Can, can we help in some way? If the water starts pooling, get it out of the ship. That's the best thing you can do right now. Rayleaf kind of looks disappointed that they there's nothing they can do above. They don't really like going below. Uh, so they follow anyway. Just kind of sulky, but, you know, just kind of. Arslan, Mezka? Uh, I'm down. I'm, I'm gone. You told me, you told me stuff. <laughs> I am nothing if but a service. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god, Arslan. <laughs> you gave me big, very big, strong lady, and I'm just like, okay, sure, yeah, whatever you want, man. <laughs> With a bucket? Sure, oh like, I'm down. I'm aware of the situation, and I was like, I was a little semi, semi-worried moments ago, but then the big lady told me to do things, I'm like, shit, okay. <laughs> Mesco's just gonna kind of look at Manaya, look at the clouds, look at the captain's like, you know, I think I'd probably be better help up here. Now, me and the other uh, crew members who've been on this ship for longer will take care of up here. Yeah, I mean, being new does not anything for one's skills, right? Look, a storm is around, I find myself to um, be pretty... They're gonna do air quotes without doing air quotes knowledgeable about the storms in the ocean you know i could probably stop the water going down anyways i I better up here yeah 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 well if you're that determined you can start by taking the torches down we need them we need them out and we need them packed up so they don't get wet the biggest grin comes on mezca's face like i and they start doing that love it uh, Mezca, you're grabbing torches. Rayleaf and Arslan, the two of you are like, all right. And you like tramp down, you know, below deck to like grab buckets and brace for the storm. And I think as a couple of sailors remain like above deck, like the brave ones, right? The, you know, which is like pretty much everyone on the ruffle turn because everyone wants to face action head on. Manaya and Mezca, as you run around, tying up last minute things, Mezca, as you like start grabbing torches from sconces, because I think you're by the railing. Mm-hmm. You can just feel the rain gets harder and harder, begins to pound against your shoulders, right? Just rain everywhere, like bullets, like coming down on the deck. And uh, Rayleaf and Arslan, from where you are below deck, it sounds like, you know, like almost like hailstones. That's how hard the rain's coming down, like like coming down on like the ceiling, like all around you, the wooden ceiling, the tiles, the slats, right? And you see like bits of like water begin to drip through the um, the cracks in the slats above your heads, right? And you're ready your buckets. Um, Mesca, where you are above deck, you also hear the low predatory growl of thunder begin to like shake, shake the sky around you and you smell static and you smell lightning in the air, right? And you hear a, a big crack and a big peal of thunder at the same time as like a, the entire world around you just lights up in this huge, bright flash of lightning all around you as you're pretty sure lightning is striking, not the ship, luckily, but like the ocean, like mm-hmm. maybe like three feet away from the ship, right? And as you like maybe instinctively like flinch and react to this, you as well, Manaya, when the light dies away, there's something else. There's something else around you now. Almost as though it were zapped into existence, right? By this huge peal of lightning. You see like a dark form shifting in the waters uh, around, around where you're peering. Because you know, you're by the railing, Mezca, so you see the waters like most prominently. Uh, you see a dark form, like a massive, almost like the size of a whale, but then it dives deeper into the surf almost like going underneath like the ruffled turn, like heading from port to starboard, like a massive shape. Mezca, with like one hand on a torch by the railing, you look over the side, like rain pounding down on you, like the storm-lashed winds howling all around you, buffeting your clothes, your hair, like trying to rip right the fabric off your body with how violent and strong these winds are. You see a massive dark form dip under the ruffled turn and head from port to starboard. And as you do, an ancient 
feeling bubbles up in your chest. Your heart begins to pump as adrenaline surges through your body and you realize what this feeling is. It's instinctual fear. As your exhaustion is now replaced with adrenaline. So you can remove that one level of exhaustion you got earlier. And tell me, Metzka, what do you do as you see this massive thing? We're not alone, and it's really big. Um, get ready, I don't know. Metzka, monster? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ragnas. Manaz can actually book it for below decks and call back uh, the best fighters that we have. Okay, Manaya, you book it for below deck, you stick your head under, and you bellow. Sea monster attack, all of the best fighters, and that includes you two. Get back up on, on deck, we're gonna need you to defend the ship. The rest of you, make sure we don't go under. Rayleaf and Arslan, upon hearing this, what do you do? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I go... <laughs> you go down when Anaya says it, you go back up when she says it too. You're like, fuck this bucket. <laughs> and you, you clamber up the stairs. What about you, Rayleaf? Rayleaf kind of feels like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fighter? Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, because they were rushing to get up, they didn't realize the bucket that Arslan threw, and then uh, it rolls on the floor. Rayleaf doesn't notice this because they're too excited, and they kind of trip over the bucket, but they kind of do like a forward tumble, and as if it's, that's what they plan to do all along. Forward tumble, and then like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. Oh shit, nice, nice, nice. Like, just, just, <laughs> I, I, I believe it, let's go. <laughs> Oh my god, our disaster queers. Uh, Rayleaf and Arslan <laughs> ascend onto the main deck with a couple of other sailors following you, around you, uh, to see Mezka and Manaya. Where have the two of you stationed yourselves in preparation for the sea monster? Mezka has stationed himself near the railing, holding on um, with one hand, having their ha they have a torch in the other hand, and they have a dagger between their teeth, just, just in case, with... Mind you, they have two other daggers on belts as well. <laughs> I love it. That's your battle-ready stance. What about you, Manaya? Tell us your battle-ready stance. Your battle-ready stance is getting the ship ready. Because all of the, the ropes have been um, tightened and everything. So what she's going to do is she's going to go to the base of the mast where there is sort of a pile of extra rope that's tied around the mast in case we need another extra shroud or an extra uh, other rope. And she's going to grab some different ends and start passing them out and say, tie yourself down. The okay. winds might get strong. That's a really smart idea, actually. You start passing out this rope, you know, getting your axe ready, getting your like body ready to do this fight. Once everyone has ropes, uh, Manaya is going to put her axe on her back, pull up her hair, tie it up, and then pull out her axe and with the head up, slam it into the into the deck and get there ready. I love that. There's a resounding boom as you slam the blunt end of your axe onto the deck, right? And everyone sort of knows this is like Manaya's like war, war drum, right? As you slam your axe down, people are like, oh shit, it's time to get ready. And Rayleaf and Arslan, the two of you hear and feel this boom like radiate through the deck as Manaya slams her axe down. How are the two of you taking your battle ready stances? I, I'm up, I see people tying themselves to places and I go, I know how to do that. And uh, I'll also tie myself uh, in, in place. Uh, and as I do, I, I will realize that I have nice long sleeves like this and, and go, oh, this is totally gonna get in the way. And I just take my shirt off and tie it around my waist 
as if I was wearing high-waisted pants, and now I'm just really Sasuke-ing it, aren't I? And um, and I'm, I'm all I'm all full titty out, muscles abound, and um, any if you if you care to notice at all, you would definitely see uh, along his uh, back and uh, uh, shoulder blades there is a very nice, almost tapestry-like tattoo of what appe- what appears to be a um, here tall interpretation of what dragons may have looked like. And it's nice and it's on his back and uh, you know, some hot girl shit. And uh, if I have enough time to top it off, I will definitely start, s- I will summon my weapons and just slam them on the floor uh, beside me. So I have them ready. I don't need to do this but I've been consistent with property damage, so I might as well. Which weapons? A trident? Yes, my trident from before, which is down fork side in, and um, and my uh, beautiful glaive, which is down glaive si- sharp, <laughs> sharp head side in, yes. Blade that in the floor. Uh, as the glaive like slams into the ground, and so does the trident, Mezca. This is the mm-hmm. second time now that you've seen Arslan, someone who seems based on like rumors you heard of on the ship to have some sort of connection to a championship parent. And you see the trident. How does that make mm-hmm. you feel? In normal normal circumstances, not great. Kind of like uneasy and just like, they, they have a, a bad run in with trident specifically. Um, uh, earlier, they were a bit concerned, but they are just like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, they're just like, they they do like the side eye, but they're just, they're they're too ready. They're, they're um, they don't know what's about to happen, but uh, it's been a while before Mezca has gotten to some uh, danger. <laughs> you hear another loud thunk as Manai continues to slam her axe over and over, almost, and like starting a chant, basically. I really like a, a sea shanty guilty. almost, like a, a shanty war dirge as Malaya like pounds the ax like against the ground and like the sailors that are like above deck. And you also hear them joining a chorus of voices below deck, like singing, you know, the battle song of the ruffled turn. As now we pan over to Rayleaf, give us a taste. Rayleaf uh, follows Malaya's lead and uh, ties a rope around their waist but kind of loosely because if shit hits the fan they need to get out of the rope and um you can see them uh clasp their uh their bracelet and there's like a crackle of lightning that uh emanates it's just a tiny bit of lightning and Rayleaf will cast false life at first level on themselves. Uh, 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points. So I'm just gonna roll that. <laughs> That's gonna be a 6! Okay! Uh, lightning crackles out of your bracelet and does it like cover your whole body? Does it like spark out and like form a lightning shield? Like what does this false life look like? For a moment, uh, the, for, the electricity lightning uh, kind of travels across their arm, uh, both their arms, and then it like uh, centers uh, at the back of their head, where the lightning vine-like uh, uh, scarring, uh, y- you can see it there, and it kind of just glows. A faint white glow. 
I love that. Uh, and now the four of you are ready. You're pounding your weapons. Your titties are out. You know, your, your tridents are ready. You know, your, your lightning is shrouding your body. Your exhaustion is no longer there. Rain is just pounding down all around you. Gusts of wind howling, occasional, you know, like rumbles of like massive growls of thunder just like shaking the air around you. And then the monster emerges. A massive pillar of water erupts uh, on one side, the starboard side, I think near, let's say, Arslan. Uh, Near Arslan, this huge tower of water just streaks into the sky, rising up, up 10, 15, 20 feet up into the air, and you realize it's not a pillar of water. It's a snake. A massive, thick snake, right? Uh, and it's got, like, like fins, like a ridge fin, like, going all the way down its body. Its body is, like, um, covered in these colorful stripes uh, that are all blue. Like, blue, like, dark blue, light blue, you know, like, a glittery blue, dark blue, like, banded, you know, almost like, like a, a poisonous or a toxic or venomous snake might have to, like, warn others to stay away. It's got these icy blue eyes, and it hisses at you, and you see these huge, like, like fangs, like, coming out of its mouth as it towers up, uh, water sloughing off of its body as it just sort of, like, thrashes there and hisses at you. And then, another massive tower of water punches into the air uh, on the port side where you are, Mesca. Uh, and this one is red. Uh, like banded, like deep volcano red, and then black, and then yellow, and then orange, and then red, and then black. Um, huge, like g- glimmering, like crimson eyes. These massive fangs, and this one hisses. This one's interesting because as the as the water sloughs off its body, it seems to rise with steam, almost like the the scales of its body are so hot that it's turning like the little bits of water around it into steam upon contact. And then. A final head, snake head, punches into the air uh, from the prow at the very front of the ship. This one is golden, right? And it's got banded, like, yellow, you know, and, like, white and, like, black stripes that go all the way up its body. And its eyes are, like, this crackling, like, electricity seems to, like, spark out of its gaze as it rises into the air and hisses with its massive fangs. And all three snakes... The blue one, the red one, and the yellow one all let out a shriek in unison, right? Like just shaking the air all around you. And it's time to roll initiative. Rayleaf? 19. Okay, Rayleaf got a 19? 13. Okay, 13 for Arslan. Uh, I got a 14. Okay, 14 for Mezca. Listen, okay, I got a five. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right, first to go is going to be Rayleaf. Hmm. How strict are we with, like, distances? So this is probably a good time to talk really quickly about the specific details of this combat. I'm not going to be super strict with distance here, right? Okay. Like, you're like, if you're like in on the starboard side, I'll let you run over to the port. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep it loosey goosey. We're gonna keep it cinematic. You mm-hmm. know, we want to hit ahead. I'll say, go ahead, you can hit it. Go ahead, you can hit it. Um, another thing about this, uh, the ship itself also has hit points. And if this monster whittles this ship down to zero, then the ruffled turn will sink. And that is what we call a bad ending. So there are ways that you can help, like repair the ship with magic or a skill check. You know, or like. 
like help like mitigate some of the damage that will be done to the ship uh, and ways that you can just straight up like attack th- this monster's uh, various parts, right? So go ahead, Rayleaf. Okay. This is what's hard about multiclassing with two spellcasters. <laughs> Not really. All right. I'm going to cast as an action a uh, fairy fire to the three snakes. Uh, so they have to make a dexterity saving throw, and the DC is, hold on, 12. Okay. Uh, fairy fire is like a radius, right? Like not a specific yeah, yeah. single target? Okay. I'll I'll let you do that. That is that is pushing the range on that a little bit. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I'll allow it if you also make an Arcana check first before I make a save. All right. See All if right. you can push your magic. If you can't, there will be consequences. A five. Okay. Not only can you only choose one snake. Right, uh, okay. but your fairy fire, this magic, like sort of um, ricochets in a way you don't expect. Because as you try to tap mm-hmm. into this well of magic inside you, something about it feels unstable. Right, it's almost sort of like <laughs> glitching out, uh, almost in like unison to like the lightning that's you know and the storm that's brewing around you. Like, like the space that you're in here is magically charged in some way, which means that your magic could go haywire. Uh, so I need you mm. to roll a d4 and Manaya, uh, Mezka. Uh, Rayleaf and uh, Arslan, pick a number between one and four. Four for Rayleaf, two for Manaya, three for Mesca, one for Arslan. So keep those numbers up and Rayleaf roll a d4. Oh, this is gonna be fun. That's a me! Four! <laughs> so it also, the spell also affects you, so you'll have to make a saving throw against your own spell. Dang, okay. Okay. <laughs> so but we're both gonna, just tell me which head you want to target. The red one, the blue one, or the yellow one. I'm gonna go with the red one. Okay, sounds good. Let's both make our saves. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> that's an el- that's an eleven Against- out of my twelve. <laughs> uh, good thing the red one also fails. So tell me what okay. it looks like. Okay, so it kind of looks like the the light blue pale color of uh lightning that emanates from from Rayleaf, but. As soon as it shoots out towards the red snake, it's almost comical how it bounced back. Like, and then Rayleaf also gets hit. They're like, oh, shit. And then that, that's about it. I like um, it. If I may add it, add to the flavor a bit, as you like shoot out yeah, these like, you know, this like aura, it seems to ping off of some sort of like magical like miasma that's like shrouding this red snake. It's not just a sea monster. There's something supernaturally charged about it. And it bam, it like shoots like a carapace. It shoots your spell right back at you. And now this red snake is ensconced in a glow, right? So what does that mean? It sheds dim light in 10 foot radius and stuff. Any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it and the affected creature or object can benefit from being invisible. Awesome. Is that your turn, or can you do something else? Uh, it is an action, so okay. I have a bonus action, okay. and it's a concentration of one minute. As a bonus action, I will wild shape. I'm not going to do the thing that I want to do just yet, but I'm going to wild shape into... I'm going to wild shape into a lion. Okay. Ooh. So what does that look like yeah. uh, as you like transform? Uh, so Relief like touches the the bracelet once again, and 
this time, instead of lightning, sort of vines start to like grow out of the 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 bracelet, and it just grows in in just a second or so. It just grows and it covers Rayleaf, and then Rayleaf goes on all fours. The vines kind of wither away, and instead of like the usual like brownish yellow color of a lion, it's deep violet, just like Rayleaf. Oh my god, and a there's purple like, lion! Yes, and then there's like tiny horns. Oh my god, wait, lion. so it's like Beast Boy? When Beast Boy shapeshifts, yes. like all his animals are green? <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love I it! Them. Okay, yeah, your body, like, vines cover your body when they peel away, you're this, like, violet lion, and you've got, like, horns poking out, right? Um, and, like, yeah. the bracelet's still there, right? And it's, like, crackling with, like, magical energy on, on your, your paw's wrist. Is that the end of your yeah. turn? Yes. Okay. Oh, hold on. How close am I to the red one? Uh, you're within range. You can hit it if you want, but I don't know if you have another action to do that. Yeah, I'm gonna step back a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, as you sort of like back away from this red one, uh, let's say because you're so close to it, you will be provoking an attack of opportunity. So would you like oh, to- Oh yeah, sure. you like to take that? Okay, I need you to yeah. make- Is that a yes or a no? You're gonna stay there or you're gonna back, yeah. off, back off? Okay, that's a yes. I'm back off. Okay, so I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. That's a 20, dirty 20. That is sufficient. So you, you pounce out of the way as this massive like snake head like comes down with its like huge fangs, like like its jaw like opening up. You see like the ridged roof of its mouth, like your eyes go wide, maybe like your lion ears like peel against your skull, but you like jump out of the way as it like slams uh, into the deck. So instead of hitting you, it's gotta hit the ship for one point. And the ship has 10 hit points total. So when the ship hits zero, then that's bad. It's gonna start sinking at five. So we're now at we're now at nine out of ten. Okay. That's my bad. <laughs> Next up <laughs> is going to be this same head, and on deck is gonna be Mezca. After Mezca, we've got Arslan coming up. Uh, so this head, as it slams onto the ground uh, of of the ship, it's gonna stay there like bent over, and then it's just gonna open its mouth, and all of you feel a warmth. You know, beginning to like glow, glow, glow. You, you hear the hiss of steam as like a steam starts like like rising off of this creature's scales. And then you sort of see like its throat like crack almost with like molten light as it just exudes this like fire breath that's also streaked through with like hot magma uh, that just pummels like the surface of the ruffled turn. Uh, so Rayleigh, you already dodged out of the way earlier. So Manaya, Mesca, and Arslan. I need the three of you to make a deck save. 19. 14. 19, 14. I'm gonna use a luck point. Cause I have the lucky feet. <laughs> okay, go for it. Uh, out of curiosity, what are all of y'all's max HP? 44. Oh my God. Okay, that's really high for level four, uh, but that's okay. 44 for Arslan. Manaya? Oh my god, you have more HP than me? I only have 40. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. What about you, Rayleaf? Rayleaf, that's 34. Okay, 34. As a lion, that's 26. Okay, good to know. And uh, Mezca? 28. Okay, 28, good to know. Okay, so Mezca, what did you get on your reroll? Uh, 15. 15, okay. Um, that is sufficient for Mezca. Mezca and Manaya, you're going to take half damage. Arslan, you're going to take full. Uh, and the full damage for that is going to be 12 points of fire. 
Uh, so half is going to be six. So blah, this like molten fire breath like sweeps over the entire deck. Like sailors shout out, you know, they like raise like, you know, little makeshift wooden shields, but like the, 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 the wood just catches on fire, you know, from how hot the breath is, right? And like crates immediately, like torches immediately jump up and like start, start igniting. Uh, and the ship is going to take another one point of damage. So it's whittled down to eight out of 10 points of damage as a part of the ruffled turns upper decks uh, ignites into flame. And now we are moving on to Mezca with Arslan on deck. Mezca, what do you do? Uh, okay, I had one idea, but then things started catching on fire, so that the idea changed. The thing is on the deck, and now there's so much fire all around. Uh, Mezca is going to let go of the railing, take the knife out of their mouth, and they're going to yell back at this thing while throwing the torch towards the fire. But they're also going to cast pyrotechnics on one of the fires nearby. Okay. So uh, doing that, I think I need it to make a constitution save. And the fires are around it that are non-magical, I assume, because they're just like mm-hmm. fire. They're just like torches and the fires that have lit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, are going to start exploding into fireworks. Okay. Would this be fire damage? Uh, it's actually, it's going to be uh, dazing it. Oh, okay, got it. So what is the save against? 12. 12, okay. It fails. So what does that mean? Nice. Uh, it is blinded. Okay. So that means uh, it has Until the end of my right? next turn. Yep. yep. Okay. With that, I think they're going to use their Tempest magic to kind of move back towards one of the other heads. Like okay. They'll essentially cast that at end of when we'll push them back towards the other without provoking attack of opportunities. I like it. Pyrotechnics go up and all of you see this like snakes like eyes like like shrink. Like its pupils shrink up into like these slits and it goes ah, ah, as it's like stunned momentarily by all this like display of fireworks. Um, and I, you are transporting 200 pounds of high quality fireworks. So let's say if, if the HP hits like three, then those might go off. If like the damage gets so intense that it affects the fireworks, that affects the merchandise. So that's another risk to, to keep in mind. Uh, but Mesca, you, you're like, the winds billow up again and poof, you leap out of the mm-hmm. way. Let's say it even like bites at you, but like it misses like soundly as you just like get out of its snapping, blindly snapping jaws. Is that the end of your mm-hmm. turn, Mesca? Yes, that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. Arslan, you're on deck, but next up is actually gonna be the blue head. Uh, Mezca, as you land on the other side, this blue head uh, lets out like a massive hiss as it sees its companion down and blinded, right? Uh, and it is going to try to, uh, it also like uh, rears up and you see like cracks forming on its scales, but instead of like molten, like a uh, molten glow, it's like, like frozen, like, like frost begins to rhyme like on on the surface of its skin and it opens up its jaw and it hawks up a massive uh, hunk of ice like this huge boulder of ice that just uh, onto the ground so the people in its vicinity are Manaya and Mesca I need the two of you to make a strength saving throw during all of these like Relief is just poofed up like a terrified kitty cat (laughs) like the tail is just like and because they got, uh, they don't know how to roar yet in lion form, they're just like ch- chittering, like whenever a cat sees a bird, like. That's so cute. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Manaya and Mezco, what'd you get? Uh, I got 23 total because I rolled a 20. Oh, fantastic. Manaya? 12. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, so that is not sufficient for Manaya. Manaya, you're going to take full damage, but Mezco, you're only going to take half. And the total is going to be seven points of cold and seven points of bludgeoning. So a total of 14. Cut that in half is seven total. Uh, as this huge, like, ice boulder, like, cracks down on you. Mm -hmm. And Manaya, Mezco, you, oh, you brace against it, right? Like, Mezco, you're able to, like, punch upward, right? But Manaya, let's say there's, like, several other sailors around you that you, like, you sacrifice yourself to like save them, right? Let's say what that that's what that fail means. And you uh you like take the brunt of it as they like scat scamper out of the way. Uh so because there was at least one success, that attack doesn't actually deal any damage to the ship. Um but Manaya and Mezka, tell me how you uh deposit deposit this boulder that you've braced under. So part of me just wants to throw it back, but I don't think Honestly, Mezka's same. strong enough to do that. Same. <laughs> but with our powers combined. Okay, I'll let the two of you make a special duo check. Uh, so if <laughs> I also apologize, Mesca, was that a natural 20 or a dirty 20? It was a natural 20, yeah. I'm so sorry. You take no damage. If it's a oh, nat hey. 20, you don't take I'm so sorry. I, I misheard you. You no, take no fine. damage from that. How about the two of you make a combined strength check for me? Let's say athletics. And we'll combine your scores to see if that's enough to meet a hidden DC, which will be higher. Can I just say how Dusty's so chill about getting a natural twenty? I know. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to cool down after getting like four twos in a row. Before before my that's lucky fair. roll, that was a one. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, that's no, scary. that's another natural twenty. What? Wow. <laughs> Manaya, what did you get? Eighteen. To uh, what's the uh, natural twenties total? Uh, what's the total? Twenty-three. Okay, that is more than sufficient. Okay, uh, so why don't the two of you just make a melee attack roll, melee weapon attack roll to see how much damage, or sorry, not attack roll, but uh, roll your melee weapons at damage dice to see how much damage you deal this uh, this blue head. A melee weapon, right? Yes. Not unarmed attack? Not unarmed attack, yeah. So it would be Manai's oh. axe and Mesca if you wield like a weapon. 19 damage. Holy fuck. Okay, 19. Oh, four damage. <laughs> okay, that is... That is 23 points of damage total. How do the two of you take this thing out? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my I think, god. I think with Anne and I you could go with this. Like we reach up to it, we holding it, and we both share a look, and we just like combine, we're straining, we pick it up and just throw it back into the mouth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think uh just to add a little bit more flavor, since you rolled a high strength roll, but not a high damage roll, and I did the opposite relatively. Mm -hmm. As Mezca is lifting it, Manaya like lifts it, of course, but then scoots out from under it and clambers up the mast. So when you lift it and throw it up, Manaya then like picks off of the mast and and like launches it directly into the blue snake's yeah. mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, is yeah, dope. Yeah. Uh, this boulder goes right back down its throat and it goes. Hop! It's like thrashing around, you know, like kicking up like waves around it. Um, its entire body like a noodle, like one of those like used car sales places, like the noodle like dancing yeah, like around. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. About like white surface kicking up and it smashes one last time against the side of the hull in its death throes and then like slinks into the ocean never to be seen again. So in its death, death throw, it is going to deal some damage to the ship. Another one point of damage as it like just smashes like half the railing in, right? And like scatters wood across the deck. Um, but Manaya and Mezca, saviors of the day. And now it is going to be Arslan's turn. Hot Manaya shit, on deck. hot shit. Um, 
Also, fun fact, I'm so glad you turned into a lion, because uh, ironically, Arslan's name means lion. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. Delicious. Um, so there is a redhead that is um, dazed currently, or blinded, correct? Yes. Um, and so it has I'm fairy fire on it, so you have advantage on attack rolls. Sexy. So I'm going to run up, I'm attack that one uh, with my glaive. And I have Polearm Master, which means I can make two attacks uh, as okay. a bonus action. I think yes. I'll allow you to have double advantage because it's blinded and has fairy fire. So you can roll each attack three times and take the highest one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, the first attack is a nat 20. So 25. Um, oh, so that I will thank you for that. <laughs> I think what okay. that means for your first polearm attack is how I do natural 20s is you can either take max damage and then roll damage die, dice again, or you can roll damage dice twice and choose like an it, like a narrative bonus. Like you get to do like an extra flourish if you have an idea. Ooh. But if you don't, you can just take the max damage and, and another die roll because that's pretty good too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slut for narrative. I know. <laughs> You're a fighter, but you play like a bard, so. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, I, would it be possible for me to make my, my other attack roll and then decide? Decide what you do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you roll the second attack before rolling damage and deciding that? Mm -hmm. so again, that's three times. Thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for the three. Thank you for the, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, you did not just get another. Thank you for the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Another nat twenty. Uh, I will say though, the first two rolls that I get, all of them are below seven. So like the first roll I ever I rolled was nat one, and then it was a two, and then it was a twenty. This time it was a, a six, a four, and then a twenty again. So oh thank you for the three. Thank you for the three. <laughs> uh, Got you, fan. So are you gonna take max damage on both, or ma or how are you gonna do this? Tell me. Just tell me what you do. Just tell me what you do when it happens. Okay, amazing. So I'm I'm coming up with my glaive. I was trained by a champion. Well, not a champion, more like a legacy competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also had a very tiny mother who was scary, by far trumping over a lot of this. Uh, and and so I will run up, spin the glaive in the anime like fashion slice it uh once over it's like maybe it's it was, it was roaring or some shit yeah so yeah. i get it i get it right here you know give it a good joker smile and then um <laughs> and then <laughs> flipping it technically i have to hit it with the blunt end i just hit it so hard crack it right on top it just it just you hear it gross like there's a thunderstorm and stuff but you hear the crack almost as if it was even louder and i was just putting my all into those hits and um perhaps even just for extra flavor we see the rain glisten over oh my god <laughs> my, <laughs> my hot body <laughs> i is love there that. blood yes there is definitely blood like painted on my face but i'm just oh my delicious. god as the fireworks in the background just yeah, the, yeah fireworks, the, rain. the pyrotechnics still going off with the rain. I love it. And in that moment, Arslan, as you slash it, then pummel it, and it lets out like a horrific, almost pathetic wail as you like land, right? Maybe on like the railing or something. You decide. 
You hear Runar's voice in your head, crazy. What does it say? You didn't miss. Uh huh. And then that voice dies away as you fu- this this you fucking kill this thing. I don't think it can stand <laughs> after that. Two nat twenties. I don't think so. So you slash its mouth open. You pummel it. You crack its skull, and it. Just like the other one, this one like sways in the air. It, it wiggles, it wiggles, right? And then it, bam, its body smashes, smashes against the railing once more and then it slumps into, into the ocean. So it's gonna deal one last piece of damage against the ship. The ship's at six out of 10. Remember at five, it starts to sink. Uh, so Ruffle Turret is pretty damn battered as the blue head disappears into the surf. Arsalan, is that your turn? I have a reaction. Um, and I took, mask of the wild as a feat. Okay. Raining. So what I would like to do is I'd like to point at the gold head and be like, try to find me as I disappear. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> you fucking disappear? Okay. Uh, into the rain. I love it. Technically, uh, like what, what it is is I can hide. So I'm just, I'm hiding. But just, just for the, you know, like just... <laughs> I love it. A promise that you're going to do the exact same thing to it that you did to its siblings. And you disappear into the rain, right? Like you're, maybe your form like shuddering between like the drops. And now we are going to go to this yellow bitch. Uh, upon <laughs> seeing its siblings downed so fast, right? It lets out like a, like a horrifying shriek. Just like, like ear splitting shriek that just like rips at all of you. So I need all four of you to make a constitution saving throw as this thing lashes out in grief and rage. 22. 22. 15. Okay, 15. 22. 12. 12. I got a 16. 16. Okay. Uh, so everyone except for Rayleaf saves. So everyone is going to take half damage except for Rayleaf. Uh, full damage is going to be 13 points of psychic damage. Oh! And another seven points of thunder damage. So the total is going to be 20. So half of that is 10. That would have knocked me out. I'm literally at 20. How are you doing, Rayleaf? Are you unconscious? No. I just, like, <laughs> you're at like six, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right, that's what I thought. So, um, Rayleaf, what's it like as this piercing shriek just like buffets you? Like, how does the lion respond? As soon as the shriek like reaches the lion's ears, uh, Rayleaf just like that's how that's just how they respond, and they just like like kind of crouch on the floor and then just do this, like kind of covering their ears, and when it finishes, they're like. Aah! Yeah, I think as you're letting out this like roar, as you as you're the only one that fails, right? Um, suddenly. You see a flash of lightning that isn't from around here. You're not, this isn't where you are. You're suddenly, you find your paws are now on cracked earth, right? As this flash of lightning, like, oh my God, have you been like teleported out of the ruffle turn? What's going on? You look to your left and you see just a, a plume of flame, like rising from like a cracked vent in the earth. And then you turn to your right and you see a jet of steam, right? As your body seems to be momentarily dispatched from this reality. And then another flash of lightning uh, away from this thundered world. You see a blood red sky and just a glimpse of an iris, an eye, a pupil, and then poof, 
you flash back onto the ruffled turn uh, with rain lashing the deck all around you as you're jerked back into this reality. This, you realize, in your lion form, your fur standing on end was a vision. One of several you've already received from your dreams. How does that make you feel, Rayleaf? What do you do? I think this disturbed Rayleaf enough, and if you'll allow me to do this, I think that disturbed Rayleaf enough that it poofs them out of the wild shape. Okay. Does that mean you're back at like, full HP? Really? Yeah, I'm back at full HP! That's what I thought. I think okay. it poofs them out. Yeah, because it, it they kind of lost their concentration. Oh, do I have to roll for concentration as well? For Oh, no, the fairy fire is done. Yeah, it's over. Well, that thing's dead. The, the, the thing's gone. On you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah, on me on. <laughs> yeah, no, the fairy fire on you, let's say, also disappeared when the red thing died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, uh, that poofs them out, and then they are just like on all fours on the deck of the ruffled turn. And for a moment, their vision is kind of blurry, and they it's like, you know how it's like a glitchy kind of situation where it's like the vision, and then a ruffled turn, and the vision, the ruffled turn. So they're kind of some form of fatigue drops on on them, and they're just like, "Oh, Durians. And then they're just going to gingerly like stand up as quick as they can. Okay, I really like that. The rest of you have braced, right? So you don't get these like weird visions, right? But you all do notice like Rayleaf like poofing back into their tiefling form. Um, and then the next thing this this yellow bitch is going to do, uh, is it's going to open its mouth and there's a noise like a Tesla coil revving up. Boom, 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 as like the, the cracks between its scales light up with blue energy, a static juts off of its body. It inhales and then it exhales just like, like a laser beam of a lightning, just like across the deck. So I need all of you, I'm so sorry to you again, Rayleaf, uh, to make a dexterity saving throw. You know what? Let's do that. <laughs> I don't fucking die. I got a 14. I feel like every time combat happens, Manaya fucking dies. Every <laughs> single time. Okay. I'm going to tough feet so I get a more HP. Manaya got a, a 14. Who got a 10? I got a 10. Rayleaf got a 10. Uh, I got an 8. <laughs> I got a 14. Oh, no. I, I'm, look, I'm looking over here like, oh, I got a rock. Like, <laughs> Okay. So all four of you are going to take full damage. Let's just hope I roll oh, it. damn it. Okay, that's going to be 18 points of lightning damage. How are we doing? Are you 18. dead, Vesca? Are you down? I'm, I'm definitely down because I only had 12 HP left. Okay, so you're at zero. All right. Manaya, mm -hmm. you also take a knee, right? You're at zero? Yeah. Okay. Mana, right. negative eight. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. What about Arslan? Yes. I have a question before I take because I can still take it and be okay. Okay. Like up. But I wanted to ask, I forgot. I was hidden. Does this do anything? No, right? Because it was technically a save and not an attack. Yeah, cool. but, it, but but what what are you trying to do? See if I can roll again, not gonna lie. Like <laughs> <laughs> what does your feature let you do? It just lets uh me hide. Uh like so I'm I'm hidden uh because I am like oh, lightly okay. obscured. You know what? By, I'll, I'll let uh, you have advantage on that deck save then because you did do something to get a bonus, so I'm not gonna rob you of that. So why don't you roll that mm -hmm. again to see if it's a save and see if you can take a nine instead of an eighteen? Oh. At fifteen. That is also not quite sufficient. So that's yeah, gonna I didn't be, think yeah, so. Yeah, I yeah, didn't that's think so. Okay, that's fine. Okay. What was the max? Eighteen. Uh, Rayleaf. Eighteen. 
Did you have a question? I, oh, no. I was like mathing in my Doing head. some math. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rayleaf and Arsalan, you're still standing, right? Yeah, barely. Okay. So Manaya and Mesca, describe to me what it looks like as the two of you take a knee and begin to dip into unconsciousness. Um, I think for Mesca, they were definitely... Um, I, I, I feel that they got hit and maybe got like slammed into either the railing or something else and they are trying to get up but they just like they they can't they can't get a good hold of the railing and um their hair which has kind of been like waving around like because it's water is actually just like now like fallen and it's not moving at all on their head I really like that. And Mezca, as you're sort of like there, like limp, like your body like charred, right? From like from like the lightning breath, right? You're like breathing mm-hmm. raggedly. I think the old wound of your leg starts aching. Tell mm-hmm. me how it hurts. The 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 wound starts aching and it comes as a sharp and then sharp pain in waves because when you get your leg cut off by a trident, it's not a clean cut. Mm-mm. So it, it, they're like almost like they, they reach for it as if it's getting stabbed again and again and again. Mm. So they're, they're stuck between trying to get up and trying to deal with the throbbing pain and probably the memory of that trident just going into them. And I think as you flash back to that memory, we're there with you. You know, you look down at your leg and suddenly, just like with Rayleaf, you're no longer on the rain-strewn deck of the ruffled turn, but in the middle of a massive arena where there's like hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people in the stands cheering and watching like at a massive concert venue. But instead of like a performer, it's a bunch of people killing each other. And you're there, right? And you're dodging and weaving, right? Um, and then we, you feel a massive, like, sharp stinging pain as a bladed trident just digs into your leg. You let out a, a reflexive cry of pain as we all look up. And through Mezca's eyes, we see Atalanta, a triton woman, her kelp green hair short in this memory, like, cut in a severe, slashed-like bob. And her face, which now as a champion is so regal and sincere, has a has an expression of viciousness that we're not used to seeing. And she even like smiles a little and goes, you're not cut out for this kid. And stabs you again in the leg. Mezca, how do you respond to Atalanta stabbing you again? I think it will they'd be attempting to do what they did last time. When the, the trident's going down and when they're moving the trident, away from their lake and up towards like maybe their head that they they misty stepped away and so instinct is going to try to do that which i don't believe that's going to happen because they're down but they're just like maybe as you see them on the boat you could see that because there are water genasi there's all the water all over them it seems to stick that maybe some of it starts to like attempt to flow up like almost like steam but it's obviously mist coming from their body but their body is still stuck there Mm, totally. Is your body stuck there, right? Some like mist is floating up. The mist floats over your eyes, and when it dissipates, you're back on the ruffled turn, right? But these memories are act almost like smelling salts as you're able to just bump yourself up to one HP instead of falling unconscious at zero, right? As you as you stay on the the pain of your leg, the memory of everything you've lost, grounding you in the reality of this moment. And now we go to Manaya. Manaya, tell me how you've taken a knee. So, Manaya sees the lightning coming, and her thoughts are preoccupied with 
just how much conductive metals she has on her. Between her axe, between her golden emblems, between her crossbow and the bolts at her hip. And in a moment of desperation, she levels her axe at it, hoping that maybe like the, the insulated wood of the handle will do something. But no, it doesn't. The lightning uh, hits her axe and instantly travels down the handle into her. And I'd even say blasts her back uh, across the ship into uh, so the back wall where there's that like raised place with the um, with the steering wheel and everything. Almost like an anime character, like maybe makes a big indent in the wall and her silver white eyes pale over as she then falls to the floor. As you fall to the floor, it's your turn, Manaya. And I think as you're there, similar to Mezca and Rayleigh, who've gotten these like visions, you know, even Arslan, like the voice of like their, of their parent, you know, in their ears, you hear a familiar voice as well. Oh, this voice is so familiar. You can almost place it from a long time ago, from years ago, you knew this voice. And the voice just goes, no, 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 this isn't right. This isn't your time yet, Manaya. Stand up, Manaya, fight. As Nali's voice echoes around in your head, you're sucked back to life, one HP bumped up. But even as you like come back to life, the memory of her speaking to you begins to fade like gossamer strands peeling away from your body. You see this yellow bitch at the, at the far end of the ship, rising like a tower of God, right? Uh, sparking lightning off of its body, snarling viciously. What do you do, Manaya? Manaya staggers to her feet and picks up her axe. This bitch is going down. Manaya runs forward. And as she's running, she's digging her axe into the wood of the of the deck and pulling herself forward in leaps and bounds. Um, and as she gets to the mast, she, she launches herself up. And I'm going to attempt to get onto the head of this monster and like hook her axe into its mouth and like pull it back. I think you just do it. You launch yourself up into the air and you hop onto this thing's head like 15, 20 feet into the air, right? But your body is so freaking huge and powerful that you can just do it, right? Uh, and you hop onto the, the slick head of this, this thing as it begins to thrash around you. You hook the edge of your axe into its mouth. In this moment, I'm going to interrupt your turn for just a second. Rayleaf, Arslan, and Mezka. I'll allow the three of you to like gather your wits about you and like maybe the four of you can rally together for one last final like blow all together to take this thing down as Manaya jerks its mouth open. Uh, so Manaya, what's your plan here and how can Rayleaf, Arsalan, and Mezga fit into it? Her plan can go one of two ways. If she, her initial plan was to just pull and hope things break, right? Um, and if that can't happen for whatever reason, uh, she would still pull uh, in hopes of like turning the snake around and redirecting it back into the ocean. That's really smart. I think uh, as you pull on its mouth, its mouth is like opening and Rayleaf, Arslan and Mezca, you, as this creature's jaws open, so do you see an opportunity opening for the three of you that Manaya is creating by wrenching its throat open. What do the three of you do as Manaya is wrestling with it on top of its head? What's like the final coup de gras? The three of you are gonna deal this yellow bitch. 
I'm letting y'all know I got the chop. I got the chop chop stick. I want to chop a head off. So like you guys go first. <laughs> Let's just say that Arslan is straight up charging. Okay, you'll see their tattoos on their back light up with with magical energy, uh, and this is sort of where they kind of get majority of their magical mists from from magical tattoos. And they are charging. They're getting ready to to, to do the the jump cut. Okay, <laughs> so y'all go first. Relief is going to attempt, and emphasis on the word attempt, to wild shape again into a lion. Before they can, they are going to back up a bit and then go for a running head start and then leaps towards the yellow bitch. And um, they attempt to wild shape into a lion, but because they're also attempting to do the breath weapon, the wild shape kind of... A red owl this time with a yellow beak, and then they're going to be like facing the the thing before the wild shape disappears. They decide to like fire their breath weapon at the thing while leaping towards the yellow bitch. So it's literally this is just what I want to do. <laughs> it's just an angry bird firing lightning breath at the <laughs> yellow bitch. <laughs> Roll damage. As you angry bird fire a lightning breath at the at this yellow snake, right? Now, Mezca, what do you do? Um, I think Mezca would be getting up. They would be charging it as well. And as they're running, you could see them they're starting to appear again. And they're going to misty step. But instead of misty step away from something, I want them to be like right on top of the head next to Naya. Okay. And, and with their dagger, just go wild. With your daggers? Okay. So why don't you roll damage with your dagger slash daggers as you just pop, 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 pummel. Yeah, I do have two weapon hand fighting. Heck yeah. Exactly. I'm going for the eyes. Go so. for it. Yeah. Jab it into its eyes. While that's happening, um, because Arslan wants to go last, Manaya, do you also want to make like one last, like, a t- like what's, your, what's your cool flourish at the end? The coolest flourish I could do is like its upper jaw just snapping. And Manaya flies off into the ocean. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you roll damage against this upper jaw with your axe? Last but not least, Arslan. You're chopping off its head? Oh, yes. So you, you, you would definitely see the, 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 the hidden foliage disappear for a bit because my whole back is lit up. So it's, it's kind of obvious that I'm there. And uh, as everybody gets their final shit off, um, because I do have full arm master, I'm technically making two attacks, and um, I will simply run up, do a nice jump where I get <laughs> enough anime height <laughs> at this point, and just I bring I bring my whole glaive down, but it doesn't do enough, and so with with the blade of the glaive, I kind of bounce back up, spin, and come back down with uh, with my, all my weight, and I'm gonna lob its heady off. Okay. Roll damage. I got an 18 for damage. All right, 18 from Manaya. He's an eight. An eight from Rayleigh. From the, from the breath from weapon? the angry bird. Oh my god. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about from Mezca? Um, one dagger does six, one does five. Okay, that's 11 from Mezca. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, Arslan, how much, how much are we getting? Fun fact, I, I really did build myself just for this polearm shit. So uh, I can reroll uh, my ones and twos. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, so I got us a good solid um 
13 in total. 13? I actually did 19 damage because I read, forgot I need to roll ones and twos. So together, mm-hmm. the four of you deal 51 points of damage <laughs> in your final coup de, coup de gras against this yellow bitch. The burst of lightning from the lightning breath, breath like sizzles, like its jaws, you know, electricity hops off of its fangs and lets out a, a shriek of pain. And then another shriek of pain as Mezca, like bam, bam, like sticks its daggers in its massive eyes. As it rears backward, there's a horrifying, sickening crunch and crack as Manaya rips the roof of its mouth off, but it's still alive as, as it's flopping around there. So it is uh, Arslan who deals the final blow, bam. And as the head comes off, like, whirling through the air, right, Manaya and Mesca, the two of you, like, fly through the air, right? Manaya, you can land in the ocean if you want. Mesca, you can do a cool landing on the deck of the Ruffled Turn if you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and tell me what your, like, awesome, like, badass, like, after-battle poses look like. I-, I would say Mesca, like, they they land on the, the deck, like, using that gust of wind again to kind of, like, jump, like, propel themselves, jump off. They land, but then they just like walk over to the railing and just like hang their head over the, the railing, just like I'm fucking exhausted. Hell yeah, Emesco! Why don't you pass the spotlight of a uh, dope, uh, badass pose to someone else? Uh, to Rayleaf. Okay, because Rayleaf is glitching for some weird reason. <laughs> Who knows why they're glitching? They uh, just bounce once, twice on the ruffled turns deck. They poof out of the wild shape. So Manaya is like um, being flung over to the ocean, right? Yeah, just like um, out forward. Yeah. So I'm assuming like Manaya is more than five feet away because they're being flung. So, as like some form of redemption for kind of disappointing Manaya before, Rayleaf will uh, cast as a cantrip lightning lure. So <laughs> if you're at least if yes. you're at least fifteen feet away from me, yes. I can like grab you, and you can choose to save or not. It's a strength saving throw if you choose to save, um, and then. That's why I asked if you're like more than five feet away from me because I don't want to damage you and you're only like one hit point. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rayleaf kind of like, <sighs> and then does their best with their minus one strength to pull you towards them. <laughs> and then uh, they're just going to like uh, tumble away and like. <laughs> yeah, I think while Manaya is falling, uh, she's put her axe away really, really quick, and sort of, sort of assumed, sort of a um, what is this corpse coffin vampire pose, something I don't know, um, to like brace herself falling into the water, right? Um, and as she's doing that, there's like a bunch of parts of her skin that are like singed, and the skin is peeling, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm going to activate Second Wind, where I recover 10 HP as a small coppery scales sort of start stitching together her wounds. And as this is happening, maybe she's glowing just a little, just just a little bit. And if you'll allow it, Connie, I think that this uh, power, this inherited power, um, would make her a little lighter. And maybe almost too light, like you weren't expecting it. So maybe you fly backwards a little bit, expecting more weight. 
Okay, I like that. Uh, is that Manaya's final pose with like the sh- uh, scales stitching back? Yeah, I mean, then she'll land on the deck like superhero pose. Heck yeah. And of course, last but not least, Arslan. What is your dope final pose? Well, I cut through the bitch, so I'm probably <laughs> covered in some blood and whatnot. And um, I totally landed also like a superhero, an impractical one, because I don't, re- I'm wearing f- like four inch heels or something like that. Just <laughs> this whole time, it was great. Um, and um, and, I, and and it's like, uh, yeah, your, your standard superhero pose. I get up, put my hair back a little bit, look around, I'm holding the, the glaive and maybe spinning it a couple times uh, before giving like a heart, a, a super hearty, semi-manly, just, oh, just one of those chest pounds as um, my back glows again. And I will also, <laughs> like fucking, what was it? Uh, what's it called? Second wind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to heal back. Yeah, fighter buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. And I just, I'm just ah, yeah, like you know, like oh, yeah. This is what I want to go to war. I want a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, like one of those. God. Pumped up. I'm very pumped. This was good. Uh, I feel kind of cool. Awesome. And all the four of you like posed together on the the ruined remains of the deck, right? But the ship isn't sinking, which is great. You were able to fight off this monster before it could sink the ship. The rest of the sailors come above deck, you know, Captain Lahahana goes, oh, the four of you saved us all. Thank you so much. Uh, and Babatunde and Zupa, like everyone starts like crowding all four of you, you know, like hoisting you up onto their shoulders and like cheering, right? Like for, for saving you. Except Manaya, because you're too big. Uh, but they like they pat Manaya on the back, right? Uh, and all, I think like on this moment of like cheering and laughter, you know, like of your faces, you know, you know the the battle scars and the wounds, you know, and the rain, you know, the rain slick deck, uh, the clouds like clear, the rain stops, becomes a bright nighttime again, and a real natural wind starts picking up as the strange, dark, almost psychic whispers of that wild magic that lashed this ship flow away. Uh, And on your faces, we fade to the ruffled turn docking. On time, somehow, uh, at the port city of Minagla, just south of Kinongbo in the United Tribes of Jukai. Uh, it's a bright, sunny day, right? So two more weeks have passed. Um, there's a harbor. There's a bustling dockside city uh, here in Minagla with, like, these beautiful, like, mud, mud-thatched roofs uh, of various huts and, like, stalls with, like, fishmongers, etc. And fisher fisher people, like, carrying nets and the catch of the day. Uh, and there are crates that the sailors of the Ruffled Turn are deloading, big crates of fireworks, right, uh, for their buyer, uh, who are then loading them onto the backs of, like, a, a donkey and horse-drawn carriages. While this is happening, we land again on the four of your faces uh, at the edge of this gangplank. We see uh, Rayleaf, Manaya, Mezka, and Arslan. And there's a feeling, you know, an unspoken understanding in the air that for some of you, this is where your journey with the Ruffled Turn ends. For some of you, this is where it's nearing its ending. Uh, but there is there is a feeling of a goodbye here. So upon all four of your faces, let's start with Manaya for our epilogue. We zoom in on Manaya's face at the edge of this gangplank, leaning out over the railing. Manaya, where do we find you? Several months or even years down the line. 
Manaya has learned from this experience. She's known never to underestimate the oceans. Um, but she's never... It's never occurred to her that there's more in the oceans than just the storms that batter the ship. She also very distinctly remembers uh, the fact that she carries a lot of metal around, and maybe next time there's uh, something electric happening, maybe she should drop her rather her more conductive um, materials before she enters the giant cavern full of dead giants with a <laughs> god in it. Anyway, um, the ruffled turn makes its way back to Ahanahe. Uh, but no sooner does it arrive than does it have its next job, uh, as it is repaired on the waters and off again uh, for several more trips around Andake before finally docking for what no one knew was its final time at Sulmanad okay. in the boundary waters. I think we find you several years now down the line, stepping off the gangplank onto the port city of Sulmanad, right? Which I believe I described as like a, a, a city built off a cliff. So there's like a lower side that's like set against the beach and a higher side, you know, like set onto the top of the bluff. Uh, as, you know, workers on the ruffled turn hop off the gangplank and, and make their way across the the cool the cooling sand because it's getting close to bear's end here uh, and captain lahana like pats you on the back manai as you like step off the ruffle turn and says oh why don't you catch me in the tavern up there i uh have a letter i want you to deliver to someone very near and dear to me of course anything for you captain and off of that we cut to back here in our present arslan your face right uh, on the edge of this uh, gangplank, leaning against this railing. Where do we find you several months or even years from now? I think you will still find Arslan hot and shirtless, walking about uh, with perhaps many more tattoos, uh, including one of a three-headed serpent this time around and perhaps a lot more trinkets for they forgot if they do something great they should probably have some fucking proof and they did not <laughs> take anything from the sea serpents so perhaps this time you will find them with maybe teeth a really cool fur cloak something to to show off their greatness and their hotness uh <laughs> but um they are definitely much much more at peace and confident that they don't have to go back on a fucking boat totally so where are you physically because i have an idea for how to like tie up your epilogue physically mm -hmm. where are you I traveling no Let's say uh, you've, you've made your way up and down the coast of Jukai, you know, doing many shenanigans, many other adventures on your own. Uh, when you end up on the border of northern Jukai in the Tanushlek Desert, and yes, I did just consult the map behind me <laughs> for geographical information, um, which is, of course, as you would know, where the clans of Kirtal roam. And let's say 
maybe this is like you're like in your like cool like furs you've got like your cool like weapons with you you know let's say you just you've just bested a monster um let's say a bulette right and like this big like armored hide of this land shark is just like ah. it's like he's got like swirly eyes you know it's like on on the ground it's like big claws <laughs> it's splayed out in front of you when you hear a voice behind you coming from around like a big dune behind you you hear a familiar voice go well, 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 Arslan, look at you. As your mother, Sarnai, the princess, steps out from behind this dune with your other parent, Runar the Siren, in tow. And they're both smiling and crackling with magic power. Good job, kiddo, says Runar. Oh, hi, mommy. And <laughs> go give her a <laughs> And on our <laughs> I love that. Arslan, you run for it and you sweep up your parents in a big bear hug, right? Um, and maybe on that, we cut now to Mezka. The edge of this gangplank leaning out over the railing, looking at the fireworks being loaded onto crates. Where do we find you several months or even years down the line from here? Um, originally, they uh, went on the ruffle turn to travel to Jukai to get to um, the sense of adventure wanting to go to Uma Ori. Um, and I feel like they got there and it just awakened the need to just keep on moving, keep on adventuring, keep on going places they haven't seen. So I think it will be okay. I think they, a couple months later, you'd actually see them on the deck of the ruffle turn again. Maybe it's a slow day and they're just, uh, doing what they were doing. They're on the shroud looking into the ocean again. I really like that. You're on the shroud looking out over the ocean. It's like several years, you know, maybe even like months down the line, mm -hmm. right? You remember Uma Ori. You remember visiting the sacred shores of this massive, the Three Hoof Lake, right? Maybe even kneeling down at the edge of it and like looking at it for answers. And when you're remembering, gazing into its waters and seeing your own reflection, you know, reflected back up at you. But there's something different about it. You look older in this reflection wiser what does your older self in that reflection what do they look like what is the primary difference in their face i think the primary difference is that mesca throughout all this was constantly trying to essentially escape shame escape like what happened from that championship but now as they look at the older face it's replaced with understanding and a look of wisdom but also of the spark of something they haven't seen like since they were a kid and they looked in the mirror of just like need to see everything and that uh just to remember where they came from but know that they need to keep moving forward i really like that and I think as you're like looking into your older self's, like your future self's reflection here, right? You hear your own voice, right? Echoing in your head as their like watery gaze like looks up at you with such compassion and knowledge, right? And this voice just goes, Mezca, wisdom and adventure are not mutually exclusive. We find what we're looking for. Enjoy the ride until we get there. And then your reflection swims and you see yourself again. You, young. 
now we flash to you on the shroud, just like a mirror image of when we like found you at the beginning of this one shot. Mm-hmm. And you feel the, the rope of the shroud tightening and like <laughs> shivering as Zupa climbs up uh, to you. And you hear Zupa's voice go, hey, hey, hey Mesca. Hey, Zupa. How's, uh, how you doing today? I'm doing really well. Still thinking about what you told me all those years ago. Adventure and honor and duty. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was out here, I was thinking. Zupa, did I, did I, uh, did I tell you my full name? No, you, wait, your na- your full name isn't Mesca? No, um, so my last name is Esperanza. And they're going to look out to see while they say this next part. And it's something that I forgot a long time ago, but um, I want you to remember uh, it means hope. And on that, like looking out into the ocean, right? Our one shot fades to black. This is where credits would roll, right? And they do. And then we cut to a coda. Rayleaf. Your epilogue. If I may, I think we find you trekking through the god spine. Right? Uh, and you're, it's been, you've been, this is it. You've trained your whole life for this. You're trekking along the rugged mountain range of the god spine. You've braved owl bear attacks, you know, sudden like um, landslides and earthquakes and like, like, bandits, you know, and like weird ghosts and wargs like hiding in caves. You've seen it all. You've braved it. You've grown rugged. You're still searching for answers, right? So where do we find you in the Godspine specifically during this epilogue? What are you doing? So Rayleaf's kind of like battered and everything, but they're still full of hope of uh, finding what they want to with what answers they're looking for. As they are trekking they find uh, you know it's like a uh, there's a part of the god's pine that like opens up like a trench if this was an ocean uh, yeah. if that's alright where the god's pine meets, meets the Euclid chasm maybe yes yes uh, and then for a moment really feels like they, they got lost but eventually they see this almost like hole in the on the ground it's dark like they they try to like maybe send an eldritch blast to light it up but no it doesn't it doesn't work they were about to like take a literal leap of faith into it when they when they looked up and realized the very comforting sight of the constellation of sen is gone and They they feel something cold lands their heart. I suppose we can, uh, if it's alright with you, we can uh, cut it at a point where Rayleaf has one foot on the ground and one foot hanging over the, over the hole. I really love that. And if I can build off of that, Mitzi, because yeah, I've sure, got an sure. idea for Rayleaf. Uh, as you're about to step and you look up and... Not just Sen, but all the stars are gone suddenly. But you can still see there's still light. This doesn't make any sense. Your foot is hovering over the chasm and you like shake, you like react to this, right? You flinch, you jolt, you blink. And when you blink, the stars like come back 
right? You're like, what the hell? What was that? Right? Like standing there, and maybe like that's what pulls you back from the edge. And then you smell it, static, crackling in the air. You hear like a distant peal of, of thunder, and you smell like a flame burning, and you feel a presence thrumming with magic behind and above you. Do you turn around, Rayleaf? Well, might as well. <laughs> Rayleaf, you turn might around well. and you look up, and silhouetted against the starry night sky, you see your patron. What you had assumed was a storm elemental who had given you these warlock powers, right? Come to you through dreams and visions with warnings or prophetic prophetic um, images of something, of a fire, lightning, a storm, a blood-soaked sky, a big eye in the air. You see this figure thrumming with magic and then something about their form clarifies and you realize with a jolt, it's not a storm elemental, Rayleaf. It's not even an emissary. It's you. And yourself from the future. Hazy, its edges blurred, reaching out to you. Part of their face zapped away from what looks to be some sort of fight you haven't endured yet. They just go, Really? Good. I don't have a lot of time. Listen. Something horrible is happening. It's going to come. You have to warn people. And just like a wisp of smoke being blown out by a gust of wind, the image of yourself disappears. Rayleaf, what's the final line of this one shot? What do you say? Manaya. And on that, we cut to black. This episode was edited by Jason M. Burroughs. Jason is the producer of the podcast Adventure They Wrote, as well as playing Max, the goblin detective. They're hoping for a new season soon-ish. Follow Jason on Twitter at PunkJr. That's P-U-N-K-J-R. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Azura, Bradley, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Purple Mouse, Scruffesis, and Target.